Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. We have two very special guests today, two Rotoballer colleagues. Rotosurgeon, Kevin, Kevin, Kevork. Both. Both. Oh, yeah, cool. Kevork. Yeah, Kevork works, but it's Kev. Just, just Kev, Kev, man. Okay. Kev and Frank Imarante. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. Good job. Good job. Uh, Italian? Yeah. Okay. My wife's Italian, so that probably helped me. For you sure. Know, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and then you got Graham. Returning, as always. Staple yeah. now. Graham the staple. Why don't you? Yeah. Why why don't you guys tell um, tell the, the the millions of fans where they can find you on Twitter and, and what you're what you're up to? Well, well uh, I think. Oh wait, Frank, you go first. Actually. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so you can find me at you can find me on Twitter at fmrantetfj. I'm always like engaging with followers, getting into these intense debates, especially with Kev. Uh, I I write about baseball, but also football. Right now, obviously, we're in the thick of the baseball season. So I'm writing articles on that on Roto Baller as well as the game day, which Kev also writes for. So we're kind of colleagues on two sites. <laughs> but uh, uh, and then as for football, I have some uh, preseason work going on, like uh, who I like, who I don't like, things like that. But you give me a shout on Twitter. I'm always uh, happy to engage in a debate. It's awesome. I love I love seeing your debates and you guys you guys debate with each other. You guys are like two of my favorite followers on Twitter. I just love love engaging with you guys you guys are like a lot of fun you guys don't hold anything back you're not trying to be too um you're not you're not walking on eggshells like a lot of people are so i like that i like i like you guys just speaking your minds and you're you're respect you're respectful when you when you argue but again you're gonna you're not gonna back down appreciate it I, I don't think there, there's never any personal attacks between Frank and I. It, it's all, you know, we're attacking each other's takes. So I, I feel like we can both be as honest as we can be towards our opinions because it really doesn't matter. Like, honestly, you know, okay. It feels like an attack on your intelligence at times, but that's where it gets kind of skewed. And, you know, if you are being a little rude and someone takes it that way, maybe that person you don't engage with that way, but with Frank and me, it just, you know, I, I'm on Twitter at Rotosurgeon, as uh, Zach mentioned earlier. Yeah, definitely make sure to follow me as well if you're into shit posting and just bad, like, <laughs> uh, not bad advice, but like, it's very, you know, I construct my drafts, I construct my strategy in a very uh, strict way for myself. So, um, you know, it, it might come off weird to some, like, let's say for football, where I go with a, a shit ton of running backs, because I draft in the way that I pick the wide receivers I really like later on, that I've researched and studied, I don't just like, you know, pick them out of my ass, like, you know, I put in a little bit of work, and I know what I'm doing. So it's not, you know, it's, uh, everything's not built for everyone. So, you know, that's just back to what I was saying. Yeah, I think this is the, Frank- whole fa- the whole fantasy sports, it's all about it's like sports, it's about trash talk. Michael Jordan. Exactly. It's all trash talk. It's all in good fun. If we, if like, like if we're talking like in real life, as, as real as it's going to get right now, the four of us, like we all like each other, but like sometimes we just, it's just fun to trash talk a little bit. Maybe, Way more absolutely. fun. Sometimes it might absolutely. come off, like, it might come off as like being negative, but it's really just trash talk. And it's just, it's, it's a game. So it's, it's supposed to be fun like that. That's, that's how I say exactly. it. It's all in the game, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then we might undermine we might undermine you a little bit, but it's okay. Like, it's just like, you know, we've seen the same thing over and over and again, you get kind of sick of it sometimes. So you yeah. want, you know, you want fresh takes, you want a, a little bit more edge for some reason. Like, you, you know, it, it adds to, you know, Twitter's supposed to be fun sometimes. And I don't I like it love it. it's not. I'm having fun yeah. right now. I can't yeah, wait. Exactly. To, I can't wait. I can't wait to undermine you later. I can't wait to, to, to rip you apart on your bold prediction. Tell you how crazy it is. <laughs> how fucking wrong. How fucking wrong. Stupid. I am. Yeah. 
stupid. It's too, it's too, it's too bold. <laughs> That's what bold. they said. That's what they said when I said Vlad would be the best hitter in baseball, but love it. Now. Love that one. We all love that. I don't, I'm, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't think, it, I don't think it was, uh, I don't think you can be upset at yourself for, for fading him just because yeah, he doesn't steal bases and, and the, the first base pool was, is what it is, but man, wish I had some Vlad. Wish I had more Vlad. I think I have like maybe one or two of them. Anyways, let's get let's get let's get into this. Um, let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be bold predictions, uh, but we're going to talk about a couple other things first before we get into our bold predictions. Um, first of all, talked about this before we started. We got three Canadians on here: Graham, Frank, and me. Frank, are you from, are you from Toronto? Are you like are you in Toronto? Well, so uh, I was born uh, just north of Toronto. I grew up my for like around thirty years, and then. Uh, in Vaughan and then I recently moved to London uh, Ontario so still well which is like two hours away from Toronto but uh, still close still go there often and uh, yeah yeah I went to school I went to school in London for I went to Western I went to Western oh nice nice yeah it's not bad it's quieter it's chilled it's it's good yeah it was fun it was it was definitely a fun time when I went there yeah Frank did you go to what did you go to University of Waterloo no, I went to uh, York University. Oh, okay. Yeah. I grew yeah, up that... in Waterloo, and I, I'm in this Fantrax 50. And uh, this guy, he's got a University of Waterloo logo, and he's in first place, and I'm in second. <laughs> Trying to figure out who the fuck it is. <laughs> <laughs> We've been going back and forth, like first and second on the draft and hold, like for a couple of weeks. And I, I, I want to message him, but you can't because Fancrafts, they, or fan, yeah, Fantrax, they hide all the shit, right? Yeah, uh, in the fifties. How's his draft going? Is he is he is he smart? Like, does he seem like a university educated person the way he drafts? <laughs> he's he's got a weird strategy going on. It makes sense though, because I I didn't know the the format that well for Fantrax, like the fifties, and that you can switch all the pitching out. So he drafted like minimal bats. Oh, and just has like a ton of like good middle relievers that he like cycles in every Friday. Art. Yeah, see, I did, when I drafted, I did three of them. I didn't know that, that, that the pitchers could be switched midweek either. So I would have definitely drafted differently. Um, but I'll know that for next year because I did draft on fan tracks before, but I only drafted in private leagues where it was just weekly changes. And because basically the commissioner didn't, didn't want to pay the premium fee. But if you pay that, if you play their, um, I guess their pro or public product, then yeah, there's weekly, there's bi weekly changes, which is, I guess, good. Sure. So we got some, we got some fan tracks. Yeah. For fan tracks. Yeah. No, I've, I, I hate Fantrax so fucking much. Yeah, I'm not a fan, to be honest. Worst, worst website to draft or do anything on. Everything's hidden. Everything's just so hard to work with. So. It's, yeah, it is uh, difficult. I can't disagree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. Um, I hate yeah, doing so, Fab on there, for sure. Mm-hmm. Fab, Fab's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, Fab's awful. I think it, that's consensus. So, Frank, are you, mm-hmm. uh, are you a Leaf fan? No, I'm actually not. I've always, since I was a kid, been a Red Wings fan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always like uh, go at it with my dad because a huge Leaf fan. Maybe I started liking them as a kid just to like, just to talk shit to him and like kind of get on under his skin. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not a Leaf fan. That was a brutal loss yesterday, though. I didn't. I didn't even like see what happened. One of my one of my buddies said, "Oh man, it must be like a dark day for like sports radio in in, in Canada because he, he's from here, but he he moved to California and then." Uh, I'm like I didn't even know the least lost. I don't care. I just follow baseball. I'm just I, all I care about is fantasy baseball. I don't care about <laughs> hockey at all. I don't care about hockey at all. Um, so whatever. Um, 
other news, did you did you hear the Edmonton Eskimos change their name? Yes, I heard that. What the Edmonton Elks now? Yeah. What is an elk? Was it like that kind of like a deer or moose? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a big deer. It's like a big deer, no? Like or a yeah. little moose? I don't know what the hell. I it's it's something in that realm, right? Yeah. So uh, I thought the Cleveland Indians were changing their name this year. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh, on baseball team. Yeah, on Fangraphs, <laughs> on Fangraphs, they're uh, they're just Cleveland, I think, and I think it is next year that um, I mean they got rid of Wahoo two years ago, three years ago now, and the name change is coming. I don't know if they're gonna like I I, I aside from like spiders, I don't even like spiders that much. I can't think of any good names for Cleveland. Like all their names suck for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I actually found out what, like, like the meaning of Eskimo tonight. I didn't know like really like why it was needed to be changed, but like we dug into it a little bit. Now I, now I have a better understanding of why that's mm-hmm. like people. It's don't like, like it. flesh eater or something, right? Eskimo. Yeah. I don't. It's know. considered, it's considered a, a derogatory a bit towards uh, indigenous people. It's like yeah. a, it's like a generalized term that they used to use for them, but it's not the proper one. So I thought it was something different. I thought it was like based on like like what, like what you inhabited. I didn't know if it was, it was like directed at a certain group of people. I was just completely um, unaware of what it really was. <laughs> so is it like worse than calling an American a Native American Indian? Is that like is it? Along it's similar. Those lines? It's along those lines. Yeah. It's not so like general- red skin. It's not like oh, the red skin. No, no. That's yeah. like the slur. That's yeah, a slur slur. But like, exactly. When it comes down to it, Indian was just, it was a pure misconception and it's just mislabeling. But with uh, Eskimo, honestly, I'm not well versed in that. So I didn't realize that was a, a, a derogatory would, term. It's not, slur. it's not a slur, but I would say yeah, it's derogatory. Like a, yeah. 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 So for, for so, people that don't know this, it's a CFL football team, the Canadian Football League. There's like, I don't know, there's like two teams. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, the, like Edmonton, the Edmonton Eskimos are, is one of the two teams. They're they're they're, they're, know, the, they're in the Grey Cup every year because there's two teams. Yeah, I mean, I know the Argonauts. <laughs> I'm not even from Canada, but I know about them. I think because of Mark Tressman coming from them going to the Bears like uh, seven uh, years ago. Right. That's like the only thing I know about. Like, what about Doug Flutie? Football. Where did Doug, Doug Flutie played for a bunch of teams? Ar- the Argos too. I, honestly, I never was into the CFL. No, I just I, knew a little bit. Yeah, no, I don't know anyone. Uh, you know, I know people that like the CFL, but I don't. Let's not talk about this. No one, no one, no one cares. For this. <laughs> no one fucking cares about the CFL. To be let's be let's be real. Um, You're turning this into a CFL podcast from now on, <laughs> yeah. going forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have like one listener, Mark Trustman, whoever that is. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, so let's 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 talk about some some. Um, actually, before we get into some news and notes, I want to talk about actually. One news note you guys might not even hear about yet because it just I, it, I just uh, got a message on my phone is Fernando Tatis is out of the game. Um, for Ooh. did you hear about that? Yeah. Did you, did you, mm-hmm. Sixth inning, I heard. Yeah. He. Why? Uh, um, guess what? Shocker! Oblique tightness. Like, like is it just like is oblique tightness like COVID? Is it contagious? Like because everyone's getting it. I mean, Flaherty. Flaherty shouldn't have been batting anyway. That's like. That just mishandling by the uh, by the MLB completely, but uh, with okay, my take. I just want to give a quick thing. You know how he switched his swing to have uh, you know the follow through with both hands. My thing is that's an unnatural swing for him. As much power as he has, as much power as he generates, um, having a swing that isn't his natural form might have thrown something off. And obviously, he has the tear in his labrum. 
that's he's been dealing with. That's why he can't have the fault, or he usually did. So he might have overcompensated and injured something. Obviously, again, not a doctor, but that's just my assumption with if he does have an oblique injury moving forward. Right. And you see you see with these injuries and somebody has like a, a, a minor injury or an injury that preceded an injury, it's because they've maybe over, like compensated. The one, the one example that I always think about is Jose Fernandez um, on the Marlins. He had... Um, he had a knee injury or some sort of leg injury, and he came back, I believe, a little bit faster than he than than they expected. And then, and then he, I guess he was. Uh, they said he changed his delivery, and um, he um, had Tommy John surgery after that. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Like he overcompensated, like Kev said, and like you're saying, like, and it has led to this injury for sure. It feels like this year is going to be a year where he deals with like a myriad of injuries all year. Shit. Yeah. Well, I hope not. I hope he's okay. I hope he gets back. But Hopefully. yeah, there's just so many injuries. And you were saying Flaherty, Flaherty that they said it's a lengthy or what? Did, or how do they describe it? Lengthy or significant? Significant. They're like he's gonna be out a while. So I'm assuming. Okay. Not to take not to you know take the reins here, but you can drop Flaherty, right? In what sort of format? In like an NFBC format with no I, no IL spots? Yeah, pretty much. Like if he's up for three months, let's say. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I three, drop him. Three months. Oh, if it's yes. three months, he's what September. Like that's fucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's toast. But like, are you are you thinking like this is like a Noah Syndergaard? Um, like we saw like a couple. How many years ago was that where he like he tore his lat and then he was like, he was basically done for the year. Like he, like he had a setback, I believe. I think that must have been like yeah. 2018. I'm trying to think. That was a few years. That was obviously yeah. before the Tommy. Ch- and yeah. like, obviously because he was pitching. But um, if it's let's say two months. By the time he rehabs and recovers, it's three months. So if it's three months, by the time he's back, it's maybe the playoffs. So, and that's like the MLB playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs or whatever. So my assumption is two months, three months, doesn't matter. If it's a month, yeah, you hold. If it's somewhere around two months, you can let go. What the hell are you going to do with that roster spot for eight weeks? And then you're waiting for a guy who he's pitching well by all means, but you know, it's not the most irreplaceable thing considering his peripherals aren't, you know, elite. They're pretty good, but okay. Right now I'm not dropping him. I'm waiting for more information. Are you dropping him right now? Because I don't I don't know. I don't know. No, like Sunday. Like Sunday. No, I mean that like are we going to get more information by Sunday in terms of the length of absence? I don't I don't know. Like he could be out for a month. If he's out for a month, I'm holding him. If I knew he'd yeah. be out for a month, I'm holding him. I'd yeah. say I'd I'd hold him if it's a month, but any more than that I might look to drop. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, of course, if you don't have an IL spot, like in an NFBC type league with seven man benches, and he, he gets a little bit more difficult to hold. Um, I agree. Um, so what are the, some, what are the some names that you're going to be looking at um, to replace him? Like, I'll give you a name and tell me if you think anything of it. Um, Libertor. And, and I think um, really? Matt, Matt Libertor. Mm, he's been fine. I think Ponce de Leon probably just takes a spot, honestly. Could be, you could be right. Um, I heard an, I heard an interview with uh, Wayne right before the season started, mm-hmm. and uh, they asked him what pitchers are you most excited to see um, pitch this year. Like who who really excites you? He said number one, Alex Reyes. Like he has like electric stuff. Like like whatever role we put him in, he's going to be great. Number two, Ponce de Leon, and then number three, Libertor. And he said Libertor, like oh. he's, like, he's like this kid is like phenomenal. I forget the exact wording, but he he was really Wayne Wayne Wright's pumped to see him. Have they um, kept Ponce stretched out, or is he like back down to like an inning or two? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is he only throwing like? Let's take a look here. Three to six outs, like, because that could be a bitch. They called up Oviedo, 
or uh, is that how you pronounce yeah, it? That Oviedo's ass. That's yeah, he's been bad. Yeah, that's yeah, not it, gonna play for more than two weeks, maybe. Yeah. So Ponce de Leon has gotten like an inning and two thirds, an inning and a third, and an inning, and then two thirds, and then one inning since he's been back. So has he yeah. been? Has he been thrown well at least? Well, sure no. He been. gave up three runs his last appearance in an inning and two thirds. Yeah, he hasn't been too good. No. Libertor, I'm telling you, he's gonna like he's the pickup. Yeah, he uh, could, but he is still, still so young, still twenty one, and he only has uh, this year twenty one innings in AAA, and aside from that, he was in single A, and he missed twenty twenty. Doesn't uh, look like he's pitching that well down there either. Uh, maybe, I mean, it's AAA though. It's AAA though, so like I don't judge AAA numbers. I just think his he's still a little too young, and the uh, I mean, I mean the walks aren't. Like, I mean, if he's limiting the walks, I'm kind of optimistic, but maybe this is like an August-September call-up. I don't see this happening anytime soon. All right, fair enough. So is Mike Trout injury-prone, like, like for sure now? I wouldn't say injury-prone, but he's starting to get maybe, as he gets older, he's dealing with more of these issues. It seems like every year he's got something. Yeah. It's almost like... Just... I don't want to use him in the same sentence as Jim Carlos Stanton, but... Um, which I'm not, but he seems to be getting these significant injuries every year, but he did shed his walking boot today. I heard. So that's a good step. Um, I drafted him in two of these second chance leagues. I, I got him a pick 118. I don't know what you guys think about that. Like I, it's really hard to like, admittedly, I didn't crunch the numbers on it. Um, but I just felt that like, a, I didn't want to let like you're playing more, you're paying just as much defense as offense there. Um, not letting somebody else get trout, but you know, like you're going to be using him on the bench. But then I said, Graham, Graham was in the draft with me. We were zooming as I was drafting. And then Graham actually brought it up. I'm like, is, he's like, is trout gone yet? We were like, it was pick 118. And I'm like, man, like, should he be gone? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, he probably should be off the board by now. Like we got seven bench spots. So like, even if you had like one bench spot, you'd still be like looking to put trout on that one bench spot. Um, what are your thoughts on like his value rest of season? Like in terms of like, like if you're redrafting, if you put yourself in those, put yourself in, in my shoes, what, when would you look at getting, grabbing, Mike, grabbing Mike Trout? I like where you got him because you got him past pick 100. He's out. He was, when he, when he left uh, in mid May, it said he'd be out six to eight weeks. So it's not the worst thing in the world getting him past pick 100 with the upside he has. I think his type of injury, when he comes back, he could just take right off and pick up where he left off. So I, I like the move for you. I like that. Where would, where's the earliest you grab him in those drafts? Because I did grab him. I grab, I'd grab him another, another one a little bit earlier. I grabbed him in the eight, nine turn, which is what? Um, 96, 97. Yeah. I think in like the, the earliest would be like just earlier than a hundred or past like 95 yeah. to 115 kind of range. That's what but, I would do. What about Corey Seager? He's going to be back sooner, but obviously he's not as good of a player. Uh, well, I mean, you're going to get similar product. I'd say Corey Seager and Mike Trout probably produce similarly rest of the season compared to like, okay, let's say Corey Seager's back in two and a half weeks. Trout's that's, back in a month and a half. That, that's bold, man. Not really. Considering that Trout's probably not going to run as much, they'll probably have the same amount of steals rest of the season. Seager was a top five hitter last year. He has the bat. It's a contract year. His hand injury is not something that's going to affect his power. It's just like, it's his pinky finger. I've had a pinky injury. You're not, it's not that serious. He'll be fine. It's not a hammock bone. It's not a wrist. He's good. Uh, Seager has the power in his bat. He's in a better lineup to produce better numbers. Um, and a calf injury. We saw this with Donaldson 
three years, uh, however many years. It's, it was a it's continuous every thing. It's every year. Yeah. And then <laughs> Trout, if you look at Trout, he's had lower body injuries. He had, I think it was a foot injury and I think it was two foot injuries back-to-back years now. The big, one of the, the ones was the, the, the tendon in his, in his finger or wrist or something like that. Uh, I think maybe, so, but then what, he had like the he had a foot sprain too, didn't he? Probably. I'm just saying one. Of, I know at least one of them was like was a hand um, that he yeah. was, he was sliding, I and mean, he's been injured like several times. Like like it, yeah. it seems like once a year it, it happens to him. Yeah, it's usually dumb when it's like his thumb and he like slides into first, like second base. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't count to me, but yeah, def- like he's had these lower body injuries. So Trout's someone who. You know, I guess drafting was fine, but I, I anytime I see a calf strain, especially one that's like an extensive absence like this, it's just so worrisome. I get like those flashbacks to Josh Donaldson where he's back for a week and then he's back on I, uh, mm-hmm. IL. So I probably wouldn't draft him at all in any of these second drafts leagues, but I'd absolutely be targeting Corey Seager. Um, he's going to be fine rest of the season. I don't see any drop off. I think he could be even better with some rest. Like he's probably got some fresh legs coming out because this injury is like he could still, I think he's swinging or he's like, he's, performing baseball activity now yeah he's doing something i read he's, he was running the bases yeah, yeah I, I didn't yeah, know it was he's, pinky i just thought he'd broken his hand which like that makes no, me no, run no, for the yeah. hills yeah no it's mm. not hammett hammett's the one where you're scared yeah, yeah. That was, uh, was, was it freddie freeman that had, broke his hammett there's somebody um there was some i forget but there was somebody that broke his hand his hammett and he lost he yeah, had sapped his power um, lyle Overbay. that's the one that gets me <laughs> really yeah well the jays the jays signed him and then he broke his handmate i don't remember fucking that. was never the same again poor over bay I, um i remember right. that move was hyped for weeks oh we got lyle over bay <laughs> it was back in the day when the jays rarely made a splash and i yeah. think jp richardi was the gm and he's like oh we're gonna troy play Gloss, troy gloss ag burnett remember those yeah. it was around that yeah time? No, it was I, that was that was a bit later like maybe oh, a couple years. Was it over, year. over maybe four? Go I on. think he was their first one that they got, and then the next year is when they made the splash. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. Was a beast for a bit, like he was like a fifty double hitter. Yeah, he was. And then he broke his handmate. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> not the hammock. No, but seriously, it's. I think Teixeira had that injury. Uh, Matt Olson's like the only guy in recent history that I remember broke their hammock, came back and was even better. So it's like your expectation at best is like average-ish production coming back from a habit, but like most likely they're going to have their power sap. So luckily it's not that. That's all I'm saying. But okay. So what about the rookies um, now? Like the Tampa Bay rookies, you got Bruhan and you got Franco. I've been on record saying I like Bruhan more than Franco. I could be wrong on this, but I think just um, a like he he has more experience in the minor leagues. B um, uh, he's been better this year, and C like he's in a if a roto league, he's going to get more stolen bases for sure. I think some people are perhaps afraid of the the playing time. I'm not afraid of the playing time as much as other people are. What do you guys think? Well, I think Bruhan has a chance, better chance at making an immediate impact for sure, and. You look at the Rays, like Brandon Lowe is really struck or Brandon Lowe is really struggling. Like he's slashing 189, 307, 372. He has nine home runs, but like he's really struggling. I think they really, even though they're on fire, I mean, they should give some of these young studs a chance, at least give Bruhan a chance to come up. I mean, they called up walls, but we all want to see Bruhan. So I agree with you in the sense that he'll be more of an immediate impact and he has 
definitely has a chance to come up earlier. I don't see Frankel coming up before like a September call up, to be honest. That's bold. Yeah, Frankel, no. Frankel had a huge range in his ADP in these drafts that were just went on last week. He was taken like in like the mid 100s, but then he was also uh, available like in the late 200s. So like a very wide range for Bruhan. I mean, that's for- where he should. That's where he should be going. If anything, why the hell would you take him in like 150? Like there might be a chance he doesn't even get called up this year. Yeah, it's a risk for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I didn't take him that early. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, my my. Sorry. Just to piggyback on that, uh, I'm with you. If anyone's gonna produce, it's gonna be Bruhan. But at the same time, I probably would be relying like Lau. Like even though uh, Brandon Lau has been mediocre, he's still nearly league average as a hitter. Like his, he has a 95 weighted runs created plus. Like he's not doing well, but like there's gonna be some regression. He's not gonna be a sub 200 bat. Like, he's closer to 230, 240. His power's still there, so that's not an issue. So once you know things start kind of heating up for them, he'll be fine. Uh, G-Man Choi's back. Like, they're getting kind of healthier. Like, their lineup's not that bad right now. So it's not like they need the boost. They've been winning games. Um, I doubt they make any trades. It's just a weird team. Like, I-, I wouldn't really be banking on the young Rays right now, given that they're at the moment healthy. So it's hard to project anywhere aside from Taylor Wall's spot. And he's he's had his moments, and he's just a veteran bat. So I think they want to give him, like, an honest go, unless he completely stinks it up. They didn't trade away um, Willie Willie Ames for to 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 give Taylor Walls playing time. They they traded him away to open up a spot for one of the two hot boys in, in the minor leagues right now. Nah, they traded they traded Adamus away to uh, get JP Firehydrant. Yeah, <laughs> the fucking franchise player, stud closer extraordinaire. Yeah, is that is that in anyone's bold Ooh, predictions? Okay. JP Firehydrant saves like forty games this year. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't me either. I don't know. That's yeah, yeah, that 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 bullpen. You never know. You never know what they're doing in there. It's like Will Ferrell. <laughs> um. So before before <laughs> no, you, but actually, like he's been he's been fine. Honestly, no. Who firehydrant? Sorry, going back to firehydrant. He's been just okay. Yeah, he, I mean, like looking at his perifs, he's he's not like a he's not Nick Anderson. That's uh, he's just been decent. Uh, it's the most crazy thing ever, though. Like, you go get those arms that they got in that trade who are all super pre-arb, and then you let them handle all the leverage. Like, that's what they did. Yeah. I hope so. I got fire hydrant yeah, I mean, everywhere. And then, and then the other guys who are, close, who are closer to arbitration and actually get money if they get saves or have to be traded, yeah, fuck or them. whatever, they can, they can do their race thing and pitch them in the sixth against the two, three, four hitters. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you know what I find it funny works. is like this, all these like oblique inside and, and injuries, everything's like when everyone leaves, it's always um, just for precautionary reasons. It's never like, it's never like because it's bad, but I think once you're, once you're getting removed from a game, it's no longer precautionary. If it was precautionary, they just would just rest it from the game. Like it's obviously something happened to cause, you to remove him so it's no longer like uh, that, that you're using the word precautionary incorrectly well miguel cabrera was removed because he is nursing a tight groin precautionary <laughs> precaution every injury that's what it says precaution due to left groin groin tightness yeah um, yeah um noah Syndergaard got precautionary tommy john surgery What's it? Then he, he got. Then he have a setback too. Yeah, he's, he's toast. You can drop him. There's a sure. precautionary yeah. setback. 
it was a precautionary <laughs> setback, Frank. Don't worry. <laughs> so before we get into the bold predictions, we're, we're almost there. I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, I, was, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about this today because I'm always thinking about drafts and, and it dawned on me because of just like doing these Memorial Day drafts, just like the, the overall arching strategy, like when, like, are these drafts more formulaic or are they more like when you're drafting, is it more of a formulaic plan or is it more you're looking at actual projections and um, values based on ADP? And I'm thinking a lot of this is like, formulaic especially if you're doing a high high volume of drafts like you want to target certain types of players or positions certain like when and uh, i was asking some really smart people this question today and just one like one thing i want to isolate is just the starting pitchers um and in particular the starting pitchers like in like the sp2s and then comparing those to the, like the sp3s or fours so if you're looking at starting pitchers going in like in the third to fifth round and then comparing them to the ones that are going in the eighth or ninth round. And I'll give you an example this year. Um, this year you saw like big breakouts from like around pick 100, around pick 100 to 120, like Gosman, Musgrove, Alcantara. I know he didn't do too well tonight. You have Pablo Lopez, Julio Urias, um, even a little bit later, um, you're cheating a little bit with the ADP, but Tyler Molly. Um, so all those players are like, I'd say like, I asked myself what's the question and it's easy to ask this in hindsight, like what's the difference between them and like the SP, uh, the SPs in around pick 60 or so, like, like Sonny Gray's good. I like him, but you got guys like Snell and freed and everything. And I know I'm going, I'm, I'm being a bit long winded about this, but if you even look at last year, the breakouts were like gallon, um, Lamette, Urias, I guess, kind of again, um, um, even Lance Lynn, I know he got, I got, I know he got pushed up near the end and then you, you had busts like Corbin. And then if you go back the year before that, like the, that 100 range, you saw like Bieber and Luis Castillo, I know we're Luis Castillo rest in peace, but like <laughs> this year, like looking at like in hindsight, it's so easy to say this in hindsight that, that like to target the, the, the later pitchers, because in and around that 100 range, you saw busts, um, the hitters, like, like the hitters that like I was targeting, like Dylan Moore, Alec Baum, Chapman, like all those hitters that like you, you want, you want them to be more of what they are. You want them to be more than what they are because of, I don't know, whatever you like, you think it, you're, you're betting on the come. You can add like Andres Jimenez and Victor Robles to that. Like just maybe, maybe it's just recency bias me saying this, but I want to get your thoughts on like um, targeting pitchers in that Musgrove Gossman range versus t- and, and in lieu of targeting them in that, 2020 Patrick Corbin range. No, I think you're definitely on to something here because like you said, a lot of those SP2s really struggled this year, like Kenta Maeda. I mean, if you if you ended up attacking, hit, hitting in that range, you could have ended up with like uh, Nolan Arenado, who's doing well in St. Louis, or Whit Merrifield, who's just, just as solid as it gets. And then like you said, you can just attack in the hundreds. And there's so many... Uh, pitchers who end up doing well in that range that's usually where the breakouts come so I'm with you on this I like this idea I'm I think I'm going to definitely uh look look to do it next year when I'm doing these high stake leagues yeah Um, I think like like the key the key way I want to describe it is don't I want to avoid the, the the players who have already quote unquote broken out like Maeda and freed. They've already like in the public in drafters mind, they're already, they're already broken out. So you're paying the premium and you're paying for like the, 
they've paying for the fact that they've already broken out. Plus you're paying for a decent 2020 decent last year, like free to your year, like even Bundy, like something was something that's, that's sort of a weird situation with Bundy because his ADP didn't move up. Like the rest of those guys moved up. We can get into him later, but you want to bet on the come of the players that you think like have the same peripherals. You're just as confident just that they, they haven't had, they're just, they're just not labeled as somebody that's already broken out. Like Gosman didn't have enough of a sample size. Musgrove again, sort of same thing. Like they've all shown flashes, but it's just, you got, you got to find, you got to find the players that are going in that range that have shown the flashes that have like a similar range of outcomes, like similar, like upside and downside to like players like, like freed. Like he had, the, like, it's almost like, you're don't draft the results draft not the results right because you're paying for the results <laughs> yes you're 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 buying their ceiling you're paying for their ceiling essentially and i go against that with football i do this with baseball like that's why i don't draft starting pitchers essentially in the first few rounds unless it's in like a large scale tournament like this where you know you do need some pitchers like i, I was picking up like corbin burns um definitely i i picked up jack flaherty and uh, rest in peace jack flaherty that was working out <laughs> until it wasn't but nevertheless you're right you should be like obviously you have to draft starting pitchers but unless you're getting a, a, a solidified guy year to year yeah, that sp2 range is very dangerous like you're you know you can shoot and miss so easily where i got savale i got melee i got eflin i got a bunch of guys near pick 200 that have been for they, they've been forming even better than some of those sp2 guys and you know not to say i know better than anyone who drafted them i do i have like one share of luis castillo and i i feel terrible like i feel like shit because i went against my process to pick him up mm-hmm. so you like yes that the system is right. Uh, you should just attack hitters early on. You know, year to year hitters, unless an injury hits, and that's the only way they're essentially not going to perform unless there's some weird aberration year, um, like 2020 with uh, COVID. COVID threw everything off. I feel like that was recency bias hit a lot of ADPs, and now you know it's kind of fixing itself with the uh, second chance drafts, even though like closers are propped up that I saw. But nevertheless, yeah, uh, pitchers late who haven't performed well but have those good peripherals should be who everybody's targeting. Like Bund- you mentioned Bundy. Bundy's one of those guys that, you know, like he hasn't had the results, but like he he's still striking dudes out. His walks aren't high. Uh, he's getting jacked like he did before in uh, Camden, but he's not going to get, he's not going to keep getting jacked like that. Uh, I, I put that thing up about the catchers. Kurt Suzuki being one of the worst in the MLB at pitch framing. Max Stassi, one of the best. So now Stassi's back. Look at Andrew, C- look at Andrew Heaney's stats right now. Like he's blowing. Uh, what I don't even know who they're playing, but he's blowing them out the water. He Whoa, they're up eight giant. nothing. Whoa. Yeah, they're killing. Me and Bundy are very similar, except um, yeah, he's got better stuff. Le- yeah, lefty right. It's lefty righty. It's like literally the lefty righty version well, of each other, except Bundy can stay healthy. Ah, Bundy, like, like I was always so Bundy was a guy I was always on until last year, until he did well, and the reason was because of like everything we're talking about. However, his like the thing with him is he's always had it and he's, he's always had the stuff, but he's never had the results. So like, if you're bad that long, then like what, what changed to make you good? I guess a different team. But the thing is, his velocity has been consistently going down. Like it's like, it's, he's diminishing. Like he's already like, he's already declining. Thing when he, and when, and he stopped throwing his fastball as much when he left Baltimore and it went and it ended up helping him be much more successful with the angels. So that was a big thing is change in pitch mix. Plus, I always love I was actually in on Bundy last year because 
I love targeting pitchers who once they leave the Orioles, like it's like they just yeah, that's spread like, their it's wings. Money. Literally, yeah. there's no reason, like literally no reason to not target target a pitcher after he leaves the Orioles. Like they're it's like some sort of anti-voodoo magic. Like look at Arietta, look at it, uh, look at uh, freaking Alex Cobb now. Look, I mean Alex Cobb's like if you look at his peripherals, he's doing really well. Uh fucking who else? There have been so Gossman Gossman's an ace now, so yeah, oh, yeah, Gossman's it's just shit. yeah, Bundy is not gonna get there. But he's going to be really good, I think, rest of the season, especially with Stassi back at backstop. They're going to DFA Kurt Suzuki or trade him, probably DFA him, and get, like, Ben Boom back there. And it's just going to be, you know, not smooth sailing. He's probably, like, closer to a 3.5 ERA, 3.75 than, you know, someone, like, what kind of we expected from last year. But Bundy's good. I think it's just this is a weird start to the year that he didn't deserve. So the Ks have been there, and the the walks have not. So, you know – Everything else is in place right now. So I want each of you to rank these players. Mm-hmm. Dylan Bundy, Kenta Maeda, rest of the season. Dylan Bundy, Kenta Maeda, Luis Castillo, and um, Patrick Corbin. <laughs> I don't know why I threw uh, Okay. I'll, I'll go for it. Okay, wait. Dylan Bundy, Luis – okay, Dylan Bundy, Luis Castillo, Kenta Maeda, Patrick Corbin. Yeah. I know Corbin's last, obviously. Yeah, he's dead last. I, I'm, out on, I'm, last. I'm out I'm on done, him now. I'm so done like, with him. Yeah, done. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd kick dirt on uh, Corbin and Maeda at this point. Mm-hmm. I Maeda, would, I, Maeda, the thing that worries me is he uh, that, that news came out that it's like, oh, he's on the IL with a hurt groin. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've had a sore arm. Like, just. Oh, I didn't hear that, actually. Chilling. I didn't hear that. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, I've, I've had a sore arm all year. Like, that's why I'm shit. So, like, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll sell Maeda all day. Like, someone else can have him. Um, I'm not really happy about Castillo. Last week when we recorded, we kicked dirt on him too. <laughs> I'm still hopeful with Castillo, I mean, especially especially because <laughs> especially because you know the red. We could see the red selling at the deadline, and then Castillo might just need a change of scenery. He gets dealt to a contending team, and then takes off in the second half. I could totally see that happening. Also, their defense is butt cheeks. So, like, yeah. he has no confidence in, like, <laughs> anyone behind him right now. If you're looking at the Reds, okay, when I was on my pod yesterday, my guest uh, brought up a really good point where it's Castillo's release points are just all over the place. So, it's not a velocity issue. It's not, he's walking a ton of dudes, but he's done this kind of before where he just kind of needs that, like, in- between start tweak where he kind of refines his, uh, refines his pitching. Because the stuff is fine. Like, his changeup looks really good. It's just he's not locating well, and it's just a lack of consistency. So maybe a phantom IL where he skips a start and takes, like, a 10-day breather and comes back can really do him justice. And obviously a trade as well, but a trade's a, hard, a lot harder to bank on. So True. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping they just skip a start, let him get, uh, like, some, you know, it's tough. It's a fucking 162-game season after a 60-game year. So I think, you know, let, us, let him get his head on straight, and he'll be fine. Yeah, of the Castillo, Maeda, Corbin, the the one that I would buy, I don't know at what price would be. Well, I've got Bundy like a tier above those other three. Oh, you do? Yeah. I I think Bundy like is pitching. Just it's not going well. I didn't know that. I didn't know that point about uh, Stassi. That was a good point. That was a nice. I didn't know that. That was a nice. That was nice. Nice pull. Very nice. Appreciate that. I've been looking because I noticed in the preseason 
Kurt Suzuki. I'm like, ah, it's like, how much of a correlation is there? Wilson Contreras is yearly one of the worst uh, framers, but the Cubs pitchers do relatively fine. Like, look at Hendricks. He's been fine. Like, Arietta was fine with him. But then, I don't know. It just sometimes, you know, you get that mix from one of the best in Stasi to one of the worst in Suzuki. So that, like, differential is what affects a pitcher more than anything. So it's not like, oh, bad pitch uh, framer, you're going to have a bad pitcher. It's no, you go from, like, one of the best to one of the worst. There's going to be those marginal tweaks that you usually don't get, and you're going to, like, miss calls, and you're going to throw more uh, – uh, you're just going to not be confident in the strike zone. So I think that's what happened to, like, all of the Angels pitchers right now. They're just not confident in the strike zone. Right. Graham, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, uh, the the draft strategy we we're talking about in terms of the SP twos and like the SP th- versus the SP threes or fours. Do you have any thoughts on what on that strategy? <laughs> or like just <laughs> not, not, not as really a strategy, just I guess like a uh, like a. I think a I think we thought. have to like really dig into it to see like year over year like how much the market dictates where these players go and the type of players that are getting picked where because it's, it's, it's really easy to like craft your argument like as you're speaking and be like yeah this guy this guy and this guy but it's just like guys that you think of that support the thing but while you were saying this the the, the old the that bullshit thing that people say to each other it's like well like next year just draft good players <laughs> like <laughs> my strategy hey, you're stealing my strategy bro <laughs> yeah like, if you if you just pick good players like you'll do fine Boy, <laughs> players you like, but um, yeah, because when you messaged me about this earlier today, the, the the thing that had crossed my mind before in the past, especially just with the crazy amount of injuries and shit that's going on this year, I would definitely use a bit more caution once you get after like that second tier of like aces. So like once like ten or so are off the board. Like people, people were diving in this year, especially on starting pitching, like well into the third and fourth round, and you know. That's when it gets, yeah. And that, that's yeah. when it gets. That's the danger zone. But I, I'd still Zach. Garrett Coles. Like yeah. I, I want my Garrett Coles. Here's yeah. the thing, though. You don't want to over. It's like it's like Tatis. You don't want to overcompensate. So yeah, you missed out on that first tier. Just just hold, hold. And then wait for that next tier or the tier after of pitching where they're like pitching is so volatile year to year. Sometimes you just need to run a good luck. And like we see like Bundy, he's had to run a bad luck. So it could go either. It could go any way for any pitcher. Like we've seen freaking Jason Vargas have like a two ERA. Like it happens. This shit's yeah. weird. And then, you know, pitching, you know, with injuries, with volatility, game to game, how much defense can matter, how much, you know, a bad fly ball can matter. You know, sometimes it's just worth waiting. Remember that uh, the Battle of the Pods draft that you guys did, Zach? Mm-hmm. How fucking insane everybody was on pitching. Yep. Like, <laughs> like how drafted, high? Oh, man. Someone should dig out the board. They probably drafted, like, in the first 100 picks, like, fucking 40 pitchers. <laughs> you want to dig up the board right now? I'll, I'll pull it up, actually. <laughs> it was it was insane, man. <laughs> It, yeah, because it felt like everyone because that draft was like in January or something yeah. like that, and um, everyone was saying that that really had a main event type feel to it. Um, and and actually, when we when we we had everyone in that draft on my podcast, and everyone and I said rip just rip my team to shreds, and everyone said my pitching was was terrible. 
because like, I don't know the pitching was the pitching went so went so quickly. You um, waited. I kind of waited. I took um, I took Woodruff. And then you were forced oh, into waiting stud. on the rest. Yeah, yeah stud. <laughs> so here, I'll share my screen here. Um, so you got like um, in this draft, you had all all the usual suspects that you'll recognize here. Um, um, pull hitter is in first place right now. Toby Bathup Crazy is in second, and I'm in third right now. Um, and then you got uh, those. Those are the top three, and then um, and then Bubba's actually in fourth. And those are all the players with over 100 um, standing gains points in there. So let's go to draft draft board. Uh, here we go. So when is this from? This is this is from like January this year. Oh, okay. So it's a preseason draft. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's a pre. This is a preseason draft. Look at all that yellow. Yeah, I, was, I was watching this live on Periscope, just hanging out with them, and it was just like I was laughing watching it. <laughs> so I I got my guys here. Um, so my team, I, I took Springer in the fifth round. That I haven't had Springer all year. Uh, Ooh, he'll please. be back. He'll be back. He's running the bases, baby. Please sack went in the third round. Oh my! Oh, that's yeah. No, that's gracious. That's oh my god. That's not even Dave. That's Alistair. Oh, my no, god. They, they, they're sorry. They shared a team. That's Dave. That's oh, Dave. okay. So it is Dave. Of course, it, it, it is Dave. Dave. He couldn't have. Like, is the pitching went up? The pitching went so quickly. I bet my life savings. Please sack would have been there in the fourth. Like my life savings. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a guy that like in hindsight like, yeah, I, like I liked him. I I do have a lot of shares of please sack, but um. I, um, I, I, um, like in hindsight, like what's the difference between him and like Gosman? Well, Gosman's way better. That's the difference, but Gosman's uh, an ace. Yeah. Here. So like, yeah, like you had a lot of pitching, get, like after like your, your aces, like, um, Burns was there. Like, you know, the thing is like this strategy we're talking about would lead you not to draft Corbin Burns as well, because like you're saying, okay, well this year, like he has, like, he has all the, all the risk profile that you have in, like a Musgrove. However, like he did it last year, but he, like, there was a lot, there was a lot of red flags, like at the beginning of the year. I think when now we all laugh at the fact, we, like when we talked about the innings limits before the season and everyone, that, that was a big topic of conversation. Like, fuck that. Like, that's, that's a joke yeah. now. Um, Who cares? Yeah. Who cares yeah. about 150 pitch limit? I'll take 150 pitches or 150 innings of an ace yeah. compared to 200 innings of a Jag because I'm looking, probably not getting those because they're injured. Looking back, I think I put too much into that of like targeting volume and i regret doing that yeah like i think th this draft is like you almost like pitching almost got like looser after the draft because like this one this was crazy in terms of how like pushed up like my my team i, I took tyler molly in the ninth round that turned out to be an okay pick julio rise in the seventh round yeah. like that's almost that's like, money that's a good pick, but like, man, like I, I reached for him. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was debating I would... between him and Pablo Lopez. Who um, I remember Simeone or Simeone, not Simeone. Simeone was, uh, he was, he loves Pablo Lopez. Lopez has been great, but I was humming and hawing between Arias and Lopez, and he was so happy I picked Arias. Um, so I, um, so but like Lopez is also, I'd, I'd say Lopez is also a really good pick. But um, there's a lot of pitchers that got pushed up here, like Dylan Bundy in the fifth round. Um, uh, what else? What else? Hinging Rue was early, but that turned out to be a, a decent enough pick. Um, but yeah, like, like obviously Woodruff has been huge for me, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's been awesome. Anything else? You, did anything else stand out to you in this draft? I know it was, Max Fried in the fourth. That's yeah, not that's great. bad. Yeah. 
That's oof. Yeah. Wheeler in the sixth to uh, Bubba. That was a nice pick. Nuts. But, I can't believe Wheeler's been this good. I know. It's but, but he crazy. also has Luis. If he, imagine if he didn't have Luis Castillo. That was or good. Eloy. <laughs> oh, man. He, oh. He, his team's still in fourth place with Eloy and Luis Castillo. Like, that's impressive. Yeah. That's yeah, really. And, and, much- and Leonis Tavares in the 10th. Like, yeah, but how what much did he do? Like, he's that? banking on like. Oh, like Kyle he, Gibson. He's got some dudes. Holy shit. No, he obviously. Oh, Discofani. Mm-hmm. Brandon Crawford's been nasty too. Yeah. So no, but he, like, like, I'm not saying they're like, I'm not saying they were like, I'm not trying to shit on Bubba because like the, no. those were like like Eloy. That's unlucky. Castillo. Yeah. You know, like no one would have, no one expected him to be this bad. Um, yeah. Tommy Pham and then Leody Tavares. Okay, like, but he's got Kimbrel as his closer. He's got some closers. Romano, Turnbull's been oh, good. Yeah. Um, so Man, he he actually Jesus, Jesus Aguiar was a fucking money pick where he yeah. went. Yeah. He's got like thirty eight RBIs right now. Yeah. So like, actually, he offset like some like I I caught a, a, unlucky and he got Pinder too. I love Pinder. Um, mm-hmm. but you got you got some unlo- you had an unlucky start, but he's offset it with some like um, really good picks later on. And then let's look at Rob's team. He's in first. He's he's got the Giolito Bauer start, and he has and Luis Robert. Um, so he's still in first. Wow. Luis Robert, Kettle and Kettle Marte being um, injured most of the year, but he's got Castellanos. Semien is really good. That was a big pick. A lot of these picks aren't that good. Like a lot, of, not that they're bad picks. A lot of these picks are, like didn't turn out that well. Semyon has been on un, unreal. Yes, yeah, and then he got Yuli Gurriel and Justin Turner. Those, yeah, those are thirty-seven big. year olds. And Votto, he he he, he was a thirty-seven year old team. And Melanson too. Jeez. Okay, so he also like the like Bubba's in fourth and Rob's in first. They there's more of their like later picks and their early picks that actually helped them here. And let's let's look at Toby's team. Toby's in second place. Darvish, Nola, Witt, Bregman, Sal Perez, Torres. Like he hit on his early picks. Altuve. So he, he, got, he got in and got out. Yeah. So yeah. I remember that a lot when, when other people came on, they're like, oh, yeah, Toby waited too long for his. And even Toby, like, admittedly um, said that, like, he waited too long to get back into the pitcher pool. With, like, and Price is obviously not a good pick. And then Holland hasn't done much. Like, how he's in second place and he's basically, like, his pitching yeah. staff is Darvish, Nola, which is good. And then, like, what is after that? Smiley, Price, Keiko, Holland, Jordan Hicks, Leclerc. Like, his closers were bust. Chris Martin, bust. Cal Contra. Oh, Trevor Rogers. There you go. Oh, that's Alex, money. That's, that's a money. That can make up for, like, five picks easily. Yeah, Alex, Trevor Rogers and Alex Reyes that he got. There you go. That, there you go. That's why he's in second place. Um so it's funny. It's funny. These draft and hold leagues are so many bust picks and, and you can't replace them. Like getting those, those one or two or three really good picks, like helps you immensely. Yeah, for sure. And I cannot believe, and that's pissing me off because there are teams I have that are pretty good. Like I have like a really well-rounded team, but I don't have those like, like outside of a couple starters, like I don't have studs. So I'm just getting completely burned. Like in a league where, I drafted uh, Christian Yelich. Let's say I'm in a league with Frank and I don't oh, have Yelich. Yeah. I don't have Springer. My teams are just fine. Like I'm in fourth place and uh, Frank's in third. And yeah, you know, we're I have a good team. Yeah, we're battling. We're back to back. And I'm just like, well, I don't have anything to push me over. So getting those late guys who can push you over the most important things that like, you know, that you underrate, you could, you need consistency, but you also need those money picks. So 
yeah, those risks after pick whatever, like 25 or 30 are totally worth it. Whomever right. they may be. And just getting like, uh, just to round it out, my pitching staff, like I was, like I was, like we said, Bud Woodruff, Urias, Molly, then I have Kluber and Pineda. Kluber looks like he might be done. And then yeah. um, I have Hawk, but then I hit, I hit later on like my closers. I didn't hit on. Like I got my one closer, which is um, Hendricks, which is good. But then I didn't, I really missed on like all my other shots. Anton like is like half of one and then Sims, whatever. Um, but I got like Justin Dunn, Luis Garcia on the Astros way, way late. And then, Oh, he's been great. Yeah. Like those two, those two Dunn and Garcia are kind of saving me in round 35, 36. Um, and then Martin Perez has been like a, whatever he's been like a half a cuck who knows. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's get into the bull predictions. That's enough, enough of this, uh, enough of this draft. Um, we've talked, we've, we've talked about this before. Um, let's get into bold predictions. Um, I have a bunch that I've written down. I didn't know how many you guys have, but that's what we're about. We're, we're talking about bold predictions for the, for the rest of the year. So like, it's really, it's really, um, it stems from these Memorial day drafts. So it's like bold predictions from June on. So we're, we're sort of like a clean slate. Um, I tried to make mine not based on players who've already sort of like broken out. Like I'm not going to like make a bold prediction about like Jesse Winker. Right. So um and i also made one for each like stat category so I'll, because i probably have the most i'll go first and then we'll get and then we'll sort of just uh, do a do a nice little round table here but uh, i got 10 of them so we'll just go until till everyone's out of bold predictions my first bold prediction is jacob de grom tears is oblique and notches just one more win the rest of the way now my thing is that starting pitchers to average 70 97 and a half miles per hour more on their fastball for any one year over the last like Four or five years, there's been only a few. Frankie Montas, PEDs, Severino, Tommy John, Syndergaard, Tommy John, Alex Reyes, Tommy John, Evaldi, Tommy John. And then last year, the pitchers were DeGrom, going to be hurt, obviously. Um, Sixto Sanchez, Dylan Cease, Alex Reyes. And then again, the players that just missed were Lamette. He's like pretty much hurt. And Luis Castillo, um, they just missed. So it's really not like... It's a good list to be on because you're throwing fast and you're a good pitcher, but you're, it's also a bad list to be on because like a lot of these pitchers are getting hurt to just like, it's for starting pitchers to throw like fast. And now the Grom's throwing 101, like, sorry, like I know like uh, people are going to say I'm stupid for saying this, but like his arm is going to fucking fall off like that guy. Like it, this, you can't do this. Like it's just not feasible. He's like, something's going to explode. Okay roast me i i mean okay i don't disagree with the premise you have where it's like it's unsustainable to pitch this hard for this long but i do think there are outliers and jacob de is one of those outliers where he's just a freak athlete and he's length it's not like he's some like stocky dude doing this like he has some weird length he can extend he can make this uh that, that kind of fastball velocity occur and I know the Mets are literally the least trustworthy organization when that it comes too. to any any sort of injury. But Degrom, year to year, he's had these nicks and bruises. He's had like blisters. He's had weird things with his arm, I think. But he's always got, gotten away with it. So I think he's one of those guys who just skids by. Like it could happen. I'm not going to say you know like he can't get injured. Everyone's getting injured. But I, I do believe like Tatis coming back from his shoulder. I mean, he seems fine now with the oblique. I read he's only day to day, and they're they're optimistic, but. Some guys are just freak athletes and they're so, so like, you know, they're Teflon essentially. I think he's one of those guys. I think it's funny that you're citing uh, 
guys who got hurt from throwing too hard for elbow injuries, and you're saying he's going to tear his oblique. <laughs> it's like the compensate it's uh compensate uh compensatory or compensatory he's gonna compensate for the for us um, he's a fucking human trebuchet but yeah the ligament's fine yeah he's, i just it, I, it's some sort of injury it doesn't it doesn't matter because if he gets hurt and he's out for the year my poll prediction's right so it doesn't matter call it a bleed call it an elbow call it a fucking asshole it doesn't matter i don't know you told me to rip you up so i'm just poking holes <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd trade, like, Frank, would you trade him right now? I think you would, right? I'd look to trade him, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't like to predict injuries, but you raise valid points there with how hard he's throwing. I'd try to sell high, yeah, for sure. I've tried to trade him. Yeah. I've tried to trade him in a redraft league. I think I just, I just might as well. He's the best pitcher on earth. I, I, I threw out for Acuna, threw out for a couple other things. Yeah. I, have a, I have him in a dynasty league. I, I offered. DeGrom straight up for Cole in a dynasty league. And um, the guy comes back to me with, um, he, he wanted, and he wanted, um, he's like, he, he offered me uh, Cole and uh, some shit pitcher on the Cubs, Zach Davies. Um, he offered oh, me Cole and, Cole and Davies for DeGrom and Alex Reyes. So you just basically. No, tell, him, tell him the fuck off. I didn't, I just declined. I, I like, I offered him the best pitcher on earth. Like if you like, if you want, yeah. like, obviously like, I valued Cole over DeGrom in a dynasty, but no one else should. Like everyone else should be, everyone else should value DeGrom over Cole. Like, I don't know why he, he, he should just accept it. Now he wants to, he wants to get a little bit greedy. So I said, trying to, yeah, he's trying to squeeze more out of you. That's brutal. Squeeze, don't, 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 uh, don't juice my orange. Yeah. Don't juice my orange. Yeah. Don't juice his orange, but no, yeah. I, I'm definitely with you in uh, trying to trade him at least even in dynasty. But yeah, I'd, I'd go for just a one for one for a hitter. Just that's what I do. Yeah, that's just, that's probably smart, and it's been in, even in a redraft. Um, all right, so Graham, do you have any thoughts on that? I'm trading Degrom, or no, just about uh, Degrom getting injured, not or trading Degrom. I I think you can trade him if you got a decent staff around him. I don't I don't know how you go another what what do we have hundred games and maintain your ratios and your pace without him. Like, unless you've got fucking, like, Rodon, Rogers, like, you just nailed a bunch of late ones or, like, waivers. Yeah, true. No, yeah. That's that, true. That's true. Like, your staff must be loaded to be, like, dangling that, dude. It's My just, redraft staff? Yeah, it, it actually is. Yeah? Yeah. I got uh, DeGrom, Giolito, um, Burns, uh, Gosman, and uh, I don't know. Damn. You can afford it, and that that's why I was dangling for Acuna because I because I have Giolito, Gossman, and Burns in that in that same team, and I think other guys too. I forget. Yeah, it's the perfect time to trade him then if you can. Yeah, I right, uh, have him in one dynasty, and I like I can't imagine trading him. Like that's the problem. Yeah, you just can't replace like, him. It's right? like I yeah. What what do I do? Like trade him for Cole. <laughs> yeah, I guess we try. All right, Graham. What what uh, you got a bold prediction? Uh, yeah, Tyler O'Neill, the uh, Canadian muscle hamster, <laughs> continues to curl 300-pound dumbbells and hits 45 home runs but maintains a sub-300 OBP. Fuck. Oh, wow. Oh. 45, how many home runs does he have already? He's got like 15 already. I think he's he has like 12. More. I think he's at like 12, isn't he? All right, yeah, you're Let probably right. Is he already he is at, he's at 12. He's at 12. Yeah, I'm high on the, 12. I'm high how many, on the, how many games? the maple juice. He just 35 games. 
Yeah. He missed some time. Jesus he missed some time. Christ. He just came back off the DL and hit like five and four games or some shit. He's yeah, he's mashing. mashing. I also have Tyler O'Neill on this Battle of the Podcast League team, too. Ooh. Got him. I in whiffed round on that. 33. It's pretty crazy. I whiffed has, on O'Neill. He has four steals, too. Like, what? Son of a bitch. Have you seen the way that guy runs the bases? Like, oh yeah, is it, he hustles. He's a hustle he's, hamster. I didn't know hustle hamster. His fish breeds like ninety nine percent percentile. Who is the There's football no player? No way. What? Wow. Who is Fringe the football beat. player that was the muscle hamster and hated being? Oh, oh Doug Martin. Yeah. yeah. No, that was the Duggernaut. Was he muscle Wait. hamster? Yeah, yeah, he was, no, Doug, he was. He was Doug Martin on the Tampa Bay. He was. He was muscle hamster. Yeah. 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 yeah, I called them Doug or not, but yeah, that's funny though. I didn't even know. Wait, is his sprint speed actually 99th percentile? Yeah, yes. he's so fucking fast, man. He's a freak. I'm an, I'm Let an me idiot. See this. Yeah, I'm a flat out idiot then. <laughs> All right, idiot. What's your bold prediction? Uh, Matt Boyd gets traded and smashes in the second half. Oh, nice. Not bad. Not he gets, bad. He gets to a team that actually em- like employs analytics and figures his shit out. I don't even know how it's going to happen. I don't have any stats for you. I just know <laughs> Matt Boyd's not this bad. And uh, I'm going to keep – I mean, I think he's a free agent at the end of this year or next year or something. So I think it's next year. But Detroit has no reason to hold him. They have, a, like, their young pitching core in, like, Mize, Manning, and Scooball. They could all suck, but it doesn't matter. Their contention windows in like seven or eight years, maybe. <laughs> so once they get like Torkelson and Riley Green up, so it's like there's yeah. no point in having Matt Boyd. Might as well like squeeze as much juice as you can before like he's a seven ERA guy. So yeah, yeah, I think Matt Boyd gets traded and he has a really good second half. So that's my bold prediction. Solid. He was uh, he, he was acquired in the David David Price trade from Toronto. He was actually like the secondary pitcher in that trade. Yeah. Daniel Norris was like the headliner in that trade. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how that played out with Boyd being the better pitcher in the end. Yeah. All right, Frankie, what's uh, what's your what's your bold prediction? All right, so my first bold prediction is going against what you did is that I'm picking for someone to keep it up who's been a huge surprise, and it's Adolis Garcia. I think he's going to finish with 35 home runs and 20 steals. Wow. Now, this is a guy who ranks third in MLB in barrel uh, rate, He's got 79th percentile sprint speed. He's attempted nine steals this year. He has six of them. All six of them came in May. Mm-hmm. And if we look in AAA at his numbers in 2019, he hit 32 home runs. He stole 14 bases. And he's getting better by the month. Like in May, he cut his strikeout rate from 33.8 to 26.1. And he really reminds me of the one and only Nelson Cruz. When Cruz when Cruz had his breakout season in Texas, I looked it up because I was curious. And it was in 2009. He had 33 home runs, 20 steals after being a career minor leaguer. And he was 29 years old. Guess how old Garcia is? 29. Career minor <laughs> leaguer. It just, I drew a parallel there. He's yeah, hitting the cool. ball hard. He Both with Texas. I think he's going to keep continue to mash. Cool. Uh, those oh, wait I like I, i'm looking at nelson cruz's st- he used to steal bases yeah well, i didn't crazy. know that either i was gonna ask that yeah. question yeah crazy. he had 24 in the minor leagues in 103 games and then yeah you're right he had 20 i think okay no i'm not gonna lie Dolce garcia is probably faster than cruz was because we've seen random mlbers have decent steal seasons so uh i wouldn't draw the direct parallel there but i definitely do think um your bold prediction is fairly apt 3520s in the realm of possibility here. That's awesome. I love that prediction. I did I actually didn't know about um 
Nelson Cruz being that um that quick back in the day. Yeah, how many strikeouts you got for Adolis? Yeah, it'll probably be a it'll probably be a like I'd say his K rate will be what it is now between 26, 28. Probably a 250, 240 hitter though. Yeah, yeah. He won't be Cruz was like that year, Cruz hit well, Cruz hit 260 that year. Yeah. He won't yeah, he probably won't hit that. We'll see. But he's gonna I really think he's gonna keep it up. I think he's hit 250 the rest of the way, and I think he's gonna go 40 home runs, 15 stolen bases. I like it. I like it, I like know. it. Yeah, he's legit. He's good. Who's up yeah. now? Is it maybe is it back to me? Yeah, I think it's back to you. All right. I'm gonna go with um, an Oakland A's duo currently with um 10 home runs combined, finishes the season with 55 home runs. Seth Brown goes off the rest of the way with a clear path to playing time and hits 27 home runs the rest of the way, finishing with 35. Chad Pinder finishes with 20, <laughs> making 55 in total. Man, as soon as hell? you said the duo, I knew you were going to bring up Pinder. Yeah. <laughs> of all people on the A's, you brought up Chad Pinder and Seth Brown. Like, I think Seth Brown's really nice. I don't know about Pinder. So I think I just have to look into him more. But, Pinder uh, mashes, man. Like he, like he hits big home runs. He's not going to hit for a great batting average. They're, neither of them are. But I think the, they, Pinder has a lot of pop. Like you see shortstop second base next to his name. He doesn't hit like that. Pinder also has a near 40% strikeout rate. So I don't know what's going to happen with him. But this year? Yeah. He's but like 37.7. Small sample size though, right? Yeah, sure. I'm looking at Brown now. Hey, in 2019 nice. in the minors, he had mm-hmm. 37 home runs. So he's, he's got legit, he, like you see what Jared Walsh is doing. That can no, be so Seth this. Brown's legit. Seth Brown's legit. Yeah. I like the Brown part of that. I think Pinder though, I've even seen I've used them in DFS. Sometimes they pinch shit for him and like like they like using him. He mashes lefties, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I've used him in those situations. And I've seen him like when the reliever comes in and it's a righty, he gets pinch hit for but i'm with you on the brown one he gets pinch hit for probably for seth brown but now they're both going to play because larry uh, was out and then obviously that's a good point shit and um etc i think they make a trade though uh the a's are trying to compete and they're going to be they're going to look for some cost controlled guys i think uh, i read something about them going after uh like richard rodriguez the relief pitcher because their bullpen's pretty crap right now it's, it's all right, if anything, but yeah. definitely think there's some moves to be made. I'm not so sure about Pinder, like I said, but yeah, I'm all the way, all, all the way with you on Seth Brown. He's legit. I've talked to Smolski about him. Uh, that's Eric Smolski on Twitter for anybody listening. Um, yeah, no, Brown's gonna be good. I think he should be rostered like everywhere. Right. I think I've dropped him in a couple places just out of necessity, so I better pick him back up before we air this. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Kev. Okay. Yeah, Jordan Romano finishes top five and saves from now moving forward. I like it. Like he's it. the he's the clear cut closer in Toronto. They're a above average team. They're good, but they're not like great. So those are the teams that rack up more saves than normal. So uh, I think Romano, as long as he stays healthy, he's got a clear path to the closer role. He's got the best stuff in that bullpen, and they gave him the role last year before he had that finger injury. So. Uh, there's that precedent with it and he's been performing well. He had a little bit of a rough start today, but it wasn't really a closing situation. So yeah, Romano top five and saves from today, June 1st, moving forward, June 2nd, tomorrow, whatever, moving forward. Awesome. Like it. Graham. What up? You want, you want to go again? 
Sorry, I was digging. I was digging on. Uh, I was digging <laughs> on Jordan Romano. <laughs> I saw. I saw they warmed him. Um, actually, it's funny. I made a bet with a guy I'm in a league with, like back in this was in like November or something stupid, because he was like Romano is going to be the man, and I was like, Yo, Charlie Montoya's done. It's going to be like a combination of a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the bets like it's. Uh, I took Dolis and he took Romano like for total season saves. And I thought, I thought I was going to have it. And then Dolis got hurt. Yeah. And now it's looking like Romano's taking the job. Dolis also sucks ass. So that doesn't help his case, <laughs> but yeah. Man, Dolis is surprisingly like good when he's on. When he's on. So like, it's when he's off, he's bad. So it's like, yeah, if he's, if you... yeah, if I'm on, I'm a great fantasy writer. When I'm off, I'm just on Twitter shit posting. So, you know, like you, you get the good <laughs> and the bad. If you look at the stretch that he pitched, though, like the second half, like the second half in air quotes, because last season was like not even a half, yeah. but he went on quite the stretch last season yeah, no. to finish the year where he like, I don't know, he's pretty locked down. But, yeah, no, he, he could be good. I'm not saying he's bad, bad, but he's definitely someone I wouldn't trust in a closer role. Yeah. I think yes, they mentioned they're, yeah, they're going to use him all over. Romano has a job right now. It's just a matter like yeah. it, it, it only will come down to whether or not Julian Merriweather comes back healthy at any, at any point in time. Looks unlikely. Yeah. Okay. I also just kind of think Charlie Montoya is terrible and will do dumb shit. So yeah. <laughs> that, that was mostly like my argument. It's like, yeah, he may be better, but he's going to throw him in like the fifth inning or something. Yeah. yeah. I was afraid that he was going to like misuse Telez and just use Telez over Gritchick, but at least he's not screwing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's up? I, I think that was me. I was cheesing on oh. uh, the Romano thing. Uh, my, my next one is that uh, Garrett Cole gets angry at Gary Sanchez publicly for being a bag of shit. <laughs> and <laughs> Sanchez will at this moment in time be hitting sub 200. And is oh, going that's, a, to, that's a bold prediction. Uh, no, that's not a bold prediction. <laughs> just but just that combined with him being a bag of shit and making the team's ace disgruntled and the Yankees being super underperformers is going to get Gary Sanchez DFA. Ooh. Okay. Mm. I mean, he probably it. deserves to be anyway, so. They're paying him uh, like $7 million. That whole, that, whole, that whole feud is a nice bold prediction. I really like that. Might be I, like I like it. I like it. All right, Frank. You All right. Another one? Yeah, I got another one. So my next one is Luis Garcia will finish with a sub three ERA. So right now coming into tonight, his ERA is 2.93. He's got a 20, 29% K rate. Uh, this is a 24-year-old pitcher. He's on the Astros. They're pitcher whispers. You see how they bring out the best in their guys. You saw it with Jose Arquiti and Christian Javier. I think he's the next, latest in, in that group that just really takes off on that team we look at his numbers his swing strike rate is up from 10.8 to 12.1 percent his csw is at 31.1 percent he's using his cutter more this season i looked that up it's from uh, 9.9 percent to 19 and it's a 178 woba allowed and it's getting more spin on it so he's getting better as the year has gone on he's only allowed three earned runs in his last three starts entering tonight and tonight he shut down the red Sox. he went seven innings five hits one earned run a walk and six k's so i think this is a guy who's going to continue to maintain his value playing for a team that just knows what they're doing with pitchers i like that i like that because i got a, i got a bunch of luis garcia yeah same 
And the Red Sox are nasty against right-handed pitching. So that's a uh, hell. I didn't start. I, I was scared this week. I didn't start. And he even shut down the Dodgers before that. But I know they're depleted, but still. Yeah, Dodgers are number one versus right-handed pitching. So that doesn't yeah. even really matter. Yeah. So this, this kid's legit. Yeah. All right. My third bold prediction is Catel Marte leads the NL in batting. Okay. At, by the end of the year, and finishes higher on the player rater for the rest of the season from June on than Big than Big Dick Nick Castellanos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with steals, that's possible. With steals and Castellanos is a hot starter, and he, he cools off at, at times, as you saw last year. So it doesn't doesn't really look like that's happening this year because I'm not a big believer in like second like that those type of splits. I think it's kind of because no. he was hot in long. the second half with the Cubs. Remember. That's was true. He, he no, went off. He I went actually, off. I actually went, don't remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I had him in a league. They picked him up uh, at the deadline, and he just went berserk the rest of the he had year. Like twenty home runs in like two months or something. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So my prediction's super bold then. Yeah, super bold. No, uh, Marte was looking bold. good before the injury. I could see it. Hey, Kev, go I ahead. like that. Okay. Um, uh, I I mean, Paven Smith finishes as a top ten first baseman. Like he that. had a whole three-run home run today, so there's that. I gotta look at who the first baseman are. Because... This guy is killing it. He, 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 I use him in DFS over the weekend. He's been solid. You're welcome for that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was good. Thanks for that. And yeah, so Paven, yeah, Paven Smith. He has outfield and first base eligibility. So I'm just gonna roll with first base because I don't know why, but from now forward, Paven Smith first. Uh, like he's playing every day. I think he's playing for versus lefties too. And he just has a great contact profile. Uh, the power isn't exactly where you want it, but he can he can hit it out of the park. He has one steal. If he could get three, four, five, maybe, like that roto value is going to be awesome. So he's going to have a high average. He's going to be like a 4.25 category contributor, basically. Doing these uh, second chance drafts made me realize how, how nasty, in a bad way, the corner infield is because mm-hmm. you, you see a couple guys got moved up um, get moved up like Jared Walsh and I don't and I guess Vlad right but then yeah. so many of the players that were going around pick 100 are like have underperformed your bombs your Chapman's your um look at Brian Hayes is hurt it's just like, like I found that position fell off a lot quicker than it did before the season when we anticipated things like Cron hasn't been as good as like where he was drafted by the end of the year like just the list goes on like 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 Yuli Gurriel has been good but Mm-hmm. It, I think the, I think the position actually as a whole has got it's been weaker than we expected. So Pavin Smith, Pavin Smith, um, I think that's a good call. Graham, do you have any more? Yeah, I've got uh, Anthony Santander harnesses his uh, super hot hot streak from last year, mm-hmm. where he fucking hit. I don't know what he hit. He was unconscious, but he <laughs> he he he's got three he's got three home runs right now. I think I think he's gonna hit. 31 more the rest of the way. Ooh. Ooh. That's like Seth Brown power. Camden, Camden, Camden in the summer, man. He's he's prime and loaded. Yeah, that's Chad Pinder power, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've to... seen we've seen him go on those torrid stretches before, like you said. So I mean I could see it. I was trying to be bold. Yeah, I like no, I like that. Yeah. I've heard good things about Santander. I forgot who it was last week. It was really hyping up. I'm like, who the fuck is Anthony Santander? And then I know who he is, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, he's so irrelevant. And then he's on your wire when he goes off usually. So he's not even in your lineup or he's on your bench. So 
it's one of those guys I just I I can't get myself to roster. But hey, if it happens, I'll say Graham got me on him. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I drafted him in one of the second chance second chance drafts, but Graham was drafting with me. I, I was um, you were you were pressing for him, so yeah, I nagged you for like three rounds about him. Yeah, I, I, I kept not drafting him, and he was still available, still available. But it turned <laughs> out that the last draft I did, Zimmerman reached on him like super, like like above his ADP, where he and whereas in the other drafts he was like falling and falling. So Zimmerman seems to like him. Um, yeah. Who's up, Frank? Me okay. This one's like more bold than the other ones. It's oh just like goodness. It's a guy that I can't really shake, and I hyped him before the year, and I'm doubling down. Okay, so I'm saying Victor Robles is gonna finish with. So he has zero homers and four steals. He's gonna finish with uh, 15 homers and 25 steals. Now uh, this is a guy. His walk rate right now is up from 4.8 to 9.7. He's tri- <laughs> he's trimmed his strikeout rate. From 28 to 23.9%. Before he got injured, he was starting to come around. He was 7 for 18 coming into tonight in his last seven games with five doubles and two steals. I think if he starts to get hot, he'll hit at the top of the lineup and get back there. 15 home runs, probably a little lofty. I went extra bold here, but I think he will definitely turn it around and help your team up, and you should pick him up if he was dropped. Supersized that bold prediction. Yeah, I supersized that one. Yeah, wow. I like it. I have no complaints because he's on like two of my leagues, and I finally got him back into my lineup after having I was starting Lane Thomas. So thank but God. You him in one of these second chance leagues in round twenty-seven. Ooh, Jesus, that's gonna be a big one, I think, for you. I hope so. Well, I don't know. I, I don't have him on the other three, so I don't know if that's good or not. I, I don't even having so many teams. I don't know if it's good or not, depending on how many leagues. It's, it's confusing. I'm a, I'm a confused person. Um, <laughs> All right, my fourth bull prediction. This is my RBI prediction. I've done the, I've done some other stats. Um, Glaber Torres goes off and has a monster second half, plating 53 RBIs just in August, tying an American League record that he'll share with Joe DiMaggio. He, he faces, wow. he does, he does have a stretch against Baltimore and Seattle, seven games in a row there in at home. Well, Seattle though, Seattle's decent. I, I do. Ag- I agree with the premise that he's going to get hot for sure. It's a bold prediction. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Yeah. 53 yeah, RBIs right. in August. Like, come on. I'd bet a hundred thousand dollars. That doesn't happen. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, all right, I, Kev, do you got any more? Okay. You, you're tapped. Yeah, no, no. I, I definitely have one more. Where the fuck was it? I had someone middle infield. No, well, who the hell? Yeah, let me see real quick because I had it. Literally, someone texted me and I completely forgot. So this is this is completely on me. I'm a scrub right now. So can we uh, move on to someone else? We'll uh, sure. flip back to me right okay, after. Okay, I could go again if you like. Pick there him, you go. Pick him up. Want me to go? All right, I'll pick up Kev. So this one is more reasonable considering how he's looked lately. My guy, Robbie Ray, is going to finish with a sub 8% walk rate, which would be a career high for him. Coming into tonight, his walk rate was 6.1%. Uh, his CSW is up from 28.8 to 30.3. He's locating that fastball. His first strike percentage has gone from 52.2% last year to 64 this year, which ranks tied for 22nd in, in baseball. His velocity is up from 93.9 to 95.2. And it's basically the pitching coach, P, the Pete Walker effect. Last year, 
Uh, I wrote an article on Roto Baller when they acquired Robbie Ray saying that he could bounce back because Pete Walker's had a knack of really bringing out the best in some of these veteran pitchers. And we've seen it in the past when the Jays got Marco Estrada. He really turned it on there. Uh, when they picked up Liriano, he, he did pretty well for a stretch back in 2016. And then when they had Shoemaker when he first started for them before he tore his ACL. And now we're seeing it. Robbie Ray's finding his control, and I think it's going to carry out for the whole year. I like right that. on. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on it, but I like it. I have no idea what Pete Walker really does, but me either. I just see like a, like he's been there and he's been able to do it. I don't know specifically what he what he's done, but his track record is nice. So yeah, Let's see. Oh, I figured I figured mine out. By the way, if anybody's interested, yeah. Just a, uh, a quick note on Pete Walker. He's uh, in the process right now of fixing Ross Ross Strickland too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's starting to roll too i i try to avoid toronto sports talk radio i think it's cancer but uh, the (laughs) other day i was driving home and like i don't know what happened something fucked up on my phone i didn't have a podcast and i i threw on the fan for my drive home from work and uh there was actually an interview with pete walker and he was talking about the changes that he had just made after ross stripling got lit up um what was that two or three starts ago and he was like, yeah, we're, we're completely changing his delivery. Basically, like, we had, a, like, a heart-to-heart with him, and he's realizing that he may be, you know, out of the league if he doesn't change something. So, yeah, we've made some crazy mechanical changes. He started doing it, like, just playing catch, and he's going to bring it into the game. And since then, he's been money. Wow. Like, so Ross, what we're gonna Good have you pull. do is we're gonna we're gonna change. You're gonna you're not gonna be carrying a ball anymore. You're gonna be carrying um, Gatorade, and you're gonna be <laughs> moving. You're having your arm on a ninety degree angle, and you're gonna pass that Gatorade to um, Alec Manoa after. He oh yeah. <laughs> hey, P. Walker, P. Walker. And the the other thing too that's really telling about Walker was like the Jays went and got Ray. Like who traded for Robbie Ray last year? Like the guy was a bag of dicks yeah that's true and and he had an expiring contract and they gave up i don't know what they gave up to get him i can't remember they gave up they gave up a bag of dicks if i remember they they gave up a bag of dicks which was probably more useful than robbie ray at his current state (laughs) of value last year as a trade that depends on the user of those dicks it's all the value the values in the eye of the beholder (laughs) but they trade they (laughs) traded they traded for this guy who was basically useless in his contract year and he was the first free agent to re- to sign ray was and he signed for like eight million like i think the day that free agency opened yeah i remember that so he's so yeah I, i'm all on board with the like, weird ass blue jays pitching but it could also be homerism but I, I don't know anyway before kev does his prediction i'll just i just i have a couple i think i have a couple more than you guys but i'll just rattle yeah. off this one what my oh. era prediction was robbie ray finishes with a sub three era that was my full prediction. So we got two Robbie Ray full oh, predictions. Robbie Ray finally uh, figuring it out. So are you guys are you guys Robbie Ray or Alec Manoa for us this season? Mm. Oh. That's tough. It's a really good question. 
I think Ray, honestly. I'm going Ray because they'll probably be conservative a bit with Manoa, you know. They limited. need Manoa in the worst yeah, way, though. They, that's they, true. Like, I like Manoa. That's why I liked him so much over, like, Gilbert and McClanahan because. Oh, yeah, for sure like, in that case. Yeah, because they, they're going to need to they're, they're gonna need to lean on him. The Jays are going to want to make the playoffs. I think Woods Richardson comes up soon, too. Um, Whoa. Uh, gonna, he might be, I like, a reliever. Soon, like, I think, no. Reliever. Early on, he's still really young. Like he's like twenty, isn't he? Twenty. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't see Woods Richardson get, getting a taste in the bigs this year. No, I just don't see no. it. No, I he's way too young. I just want to add one more thing about Ray. In his first two starts this year, he combined for nine walks. Since then, his last four, five, six, his last eight starts, he's combined for five walks. What a That's king! Awesome. What a king! Like, he's it's just saying, crazy. I dare you to hit it. Like, wow. Like, that's drastic. Like, All right. Robbie Ray or Ray Liotta? Who's, <laughs> who, who's, who's better? Who's the big who's okay, well, king? Ray. Is it like pre, pre-1995 Liotta? Or are we talking like... is it, Pre-95 pre Liotta and post-2020 Robbie Ray. So you're comparing them both in their primes. So it's basically good, Goodfellas good, no, it's good, versus... Goodfellas, Liotta, or, or Toronto Blue Jays, Robbie Ray. I don't know. I mean, Goodfellas Leota didn't provide to my fantasy team, so definitely Robbie Ray. Got to go with Robbie. Okay. 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 I respect it though. (laughs) All right, Kevin. Ready? Yes. I I I I don't know how I forgot this. It was on my mind, and then again, I just started texting, and I you know lost my train of thought. But Kyle Tucker's a first round pick next year. Like a like a solid like a a consensus first round pick, like mid first round pick. That was kind of that was a pretty uh like. That was a thing people bandied about preseason, right? I think. Yeah, I think he went like early third or sometimes second. Yeah, he was in the he was a second in round NFBC. Or... Yeah. Oh yeah, he, I see him I... going the second round many times. Yeah, I grabbed him in like late second, early third, wherever I could. I don't have many shares just because like it depends on where you draft. Obviously, I'm not taking him early second, and he was not there late third, so I just kind of got screwed out. But Kyle Tucker's he's, a monster, and he he's should be been even on better. Fire. Yeah, he's like a 250 average right now, and that's like his only like ding. If you look at his numbers, like and home runs are there, steals are there, RBI run, everything else is there. Just that average, the X batting average is like 280, 290 ish right thing, now. He's one of the hottest hitters. Go on. He's sorry, I kind of sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. I, um, in May, as recent as May 8th, he was hitting 175. So that just goes to show how red hot he's been. Like he, I'm looking now. He has what like three. But like over 10 multi-hit games in that stretch like he's on fire i like it yeah love it. i draft him like if you were asking me right now like obviously you know recency bias but like he should be drafted over bellinger like every year like no questions asked because i think we got like kind of an aberration out of bellinger in that like amazing i think it was 2019 his mvp year so like that's not who bellinger is he's still really good but I think Tucker could steal more more bases yearly, and they could hit like the same amount of home runs. I like cool. it. Anyone else got anything? I have one last one, my fifth. So my last one is that Austin Meadows will finish with forty home runs. The guy's been on fire. His strikeout rates down from over thirty two percent to twenty five. His barrels up from seven to thirteen. Uh, this is a guy who's what who last year I loved him coming into the year because I was giving him a mulligan for last year, the COVID season. 
he the year before he had 33 home runs and right now he's just mashing so love him i think he's gonna just continue this uh hot streak and finish with a huge season 40 home runs i like it yeah that motherfucker burned me last year though i had yeah. him everywhere. i had him, oh, him and otani I had Otani and Meadows in at least like 66% of my leagues or whatever. I forgot what the exact share was, but like, oh my God. I, you can't imagine how fucking mad I am right now. Oh. Looking at just like both of them tearing. And, it, just, and I have him in the league against you makes it yeah. a little worse. I mean, I think my, my team's still fine. I just need goddamn Springer back because Yelich is fine now. So it's, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Is he? Just let me get, I mean, yeah, yeah he's producing. Is he so I'll take. We're starting to, yeah. You you have Yelich, so you're you got your finger on the pulse. How many games a week is he playing? I know he got benched a couple. Like I used him in, I was gonna use him in DFS over the weekend, and he was benched, and it was against yeah, a, lefty. a lefty. Yeah, they're benching him early on versus lefties, but they're kind of just, you know, they're they're easing him back to make yeah. sure he's 100. But he's playing basically every other every day, unless there's a lefty where it's just like his rest day. Gotcha. I was laughing the other day because I saw he like he was back for like eight games and he played four. I think that was the thing. But yeah, in, in one of the games he he came in to pinch hit and it's like oh we're resting him for this game for his back and he he drew a walk and then stole second base. I'm like that's not resting. Like, yeah, that's hey, exactly take... how you fuck up your back. I'll take the steal though. Oh, I'll take sure. that steal. Yeah. So <laughs> all right, I got I got another one here, Trevor Bauer. Doubles up on Cy Young Awards, finishing the season with a 0.7 whip and 24 wins. Now, he's having a little bit of trouble with home runs. I'm not going to make any uh, prediction on his ERA, but I think that 0.7 whip and the 24 wins, and he's going to get a boatload of strikeouts. Um, and I think he's going to, um, if, if he's if he's having any issues with home runs, he's going to fix that, uh, that problem. So I, I, I expect big things from Bauer. I think he's awesome. I have no issues with that as a Dodgers fan, so, you know. More power to him. 24 wins is an extremely bold thing, but that's what we're doing. Yeah. He, he, pitches, he pitches deep enough into games to do it. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Like yeah. six already? Six or he seven? Got six. Oh, six wins. Yeah. yeah. I he got didn't it get, here. Did he get it yesterday? Did he get the win yesterday? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he just did allowed that win. home run, I remember. Yeah. So we're, we're a third of the way through the season. So he's on pace for 18. So yeah, he's got to he's got to really tick it up. But um, well, whew. Actually, yeah, rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up, baby. So you got, you got, you need, to, you need 18 more wins. And how many more starts does he have? That's pretty crazy. That's a really bold prediction. That's almost insane. Yeah, you should have went with like 18, 20, like 24 is a wild number. Or you could just have stuck with the 0.7 whip, but it's okay. Yeah. I mean, no, we're getting bold though. We're getting, bold. yeah, we got to get bold. Like yeah, I said, that was, that was kind of stupid. Like, which is, which is more bold, the wins or the, the whip? Actually, that's a good question. I think the wins are more bold. Just it's so hard to get 24. Is that a record? No, no, they must have had, Rulanders had 24 recently. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah but that's kind of crazy. I don't know. <laughs> In hindsight, I'd probably notch it down to 22. I mean, who cares? It's a bold prediction. What's You're, someone gonna do? Trade for Bauer? Be like, well, I thought he was gonna get 24 wins. <laughs> like Zach, Zach told me he was gonna get 24 wins at a 0.7 whip. It's like, who cares? No one's gonna like go out of their way now. Like, yeah, you should probably trade for Bauer if someone's scared of his home runs, but in the more global point, no one's no one's listening to me, anyways. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, All right. So, I um, to you, any, so any, like, anything else? I got a couple, honestly, I got a couple more, but they're nothing, they're they're just more like whatever. They're just like one sentence stats 
I saw I mean, Vladdy hit a dong today and said he's going to win the triple crown. Yeah, he that's, could. That's probably the sure. least bold. That's probably the least bold prediction we've had all night. Like he's on pace for that, so sure. Fuck yeah. All right, I'll give you my other. I'll give you. I got one, two, three, yeah. four more. They just. I'll just rattle. I'll just rattle Jeez. them off. Yeah, just, just, yeah. Roll through those. I through. ran out. <laughs> I'll roll through them real quick. Okay, Jared Kalenic, twenty stolen bases. Francisco Lindor under seventy runs. Tariq mm. Skubal over two hundred strikeouts. Like that. Jol- Jolie Rodriguez over twenty saves. Whoa, no Demarcus Evans love? I, I don't like that. I do love Mark Demarcus Evans, and I have him on a lot of teams, but I believe I'd rather it's bold. It's bold and it's um thought out. I think Jolie Rodriguez is next man up. I don't think he's been great lately, but yeah. I think he's got good stuff. So okay, wait, talking about the Rangers bullpen, when do you think Kennedy gets traded and do you see him as a closer rest of the season or is he a setup man? Depends I think on the gets- team he goes to. Yeah, I think he's more likely not a closer if he gets traded. Yeah, I think he'll be a setup man, to be honest. But you never know. Like, it depends. Yeah, you're right. Depends where he goes. Do you do you guys think that um, Jolie's the Jolie Rodriguez is a guy to own if Ian Kennedy gets booted? I like uh, Josh Sports. I don't know how to say his name. It's spelled he's like S P O R Z. Josh Sports. 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 Yeah. J P Fire Hydrant and Josh Sports. <laughs> I feel I mean, like yeah, Jolie's been fine, actually. Yeah, I, I don't hate that take. I feel like they'll kind of split when they trade Kennedy, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. That's just they tend to pick a closer there. I read yeah. A, yeah. a thing on Prospects Live today from Justin Dunbar about Josh Sports. 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 And it uh you I know, like sports I'll, and I'll, I'll read it real quick. Uh 28.9% K rate, 7.8 walk rate, and 21 and a third of relief. Um, his arsenal is absurd. All his pitches generate two plus inches of, or more of vertical movement than average. I just thought that was interesting. And then it goes on to say Demarcus Evans has inferior command, but also an absurd fastball, which has earned elite scouting grades. Demarcus Evans isn't even on this fan graphs closer chart. So, so it just said, uh, yeah, keep keep an eye on sports. Yeah, sports and, is second in command here. Yeah. 28 points. Okay. Uh, I think Joely being a lefty might work against him, but I, what do I know? I think it could well, be anybody. They, they might rotate. They might just have like three of these fireballers go randomly. Well, the thing with Joely being a lefty is they got John King, Brett Martin, Taylor Hearn, all other left. They got the rest of their bullpens are lefties. They got more lefties than righties in that bullpen. So actually, that's, I think it's the opposite. The lefty actually gives him the better chance of getting that role because there's four lefties, two righties. Hey, I didn't notice that. So I'm, I'm, I didn't know that either. I'm just looking right at that. The yeah, closer, yeah, no, the, the I had no idea. Chart. It's just considering that their most recent, like, look at their guys like Leclerc and then Kennedy and uh, whomever else they've had in the recent past, it's all been righties. So maybe it's a organizational thing. Yeah. But I, I think I sports, sports is on my uh, radar now. Yeah, sports has been nice. I didn't realize how good he's been. And, you know, anytime the Dodgers let go of a guy, I kind of get off of him because Do- the Dodgers are obviously one of the more innovative organizations. So, it's like if the Rays let go of a guy, but the, the Rays haven't had that good of a track record with like Solak and Lowe and Cronenworth um, playing so well. So maybe uh, that's like one of those peripheral guys that got away. 
So yeah, definitely sports is on my radar now too. Cool. Good info. Good info. Yeah, I play in a stupid thief dynasty league that has an innings cap, so it like it skews to getting high K relievers. And that was how I first found old Sporzy there. <laughs> it could be it could be a diamond in the rough if um, Kennedy gets traded. Uh, also, note uh, Paul Fry did not pitch tonight. He was uh, he pitched in the previous two um, games. Yo, they gave the save to Cole Salser. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> know how to say his name Salsa. either. Salsa. 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 Can we mispronounce every every <laughs> pitcher's name? We're fucked. <laughs> what I want to ask one thing, one last thing, is how this John Gant continues to throw quality start after quality start. He doesn't strike anyone out. His expected ERA is like five. His real ERA is like 180 or something. Now he's shutting down the Dodgers with three walks, two Ks, four shutout innings. Like, what is this? No, no that's what no I was saying either. earlier. Yeah, who that's what I was saying earlier with, like, Jason Vargas. Like, yeah, this yeah. shit happens. Yeah. This shit just happens. Yeah. So, like, starting pitchers are, like, you know, you could have the bet, like, Dylan Cease should have smashed against the Cleveland uh, baseball team today. But, you know, he got his shit wrecked by the fifth worst team versus right-handed pitching just because, you know, he's that it, it happens. This is yeah. pitching. Like, you know, you could toss out the best guy against the worst team, and it happens. You could toss out the worst guy against the best team. And he'll have a good outing. So it's true. There's no rhyme or reason sometimes. And some like sometimes it happens for half a season. So going back to um going back to Zach's point about drafting, yeah, absolutely. Pitching is always like this. This is like we don't learn year to year that you're wasting half your picks when you're taking early pitchers. It's it's pretty much you know, year in, year out. This is what happens. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, had to go on my rant there. I'm just looking at other closers that we can mispronounce their names. Oh God! Yeah, what's what's Jewett has? I haven't. I've been uh, spacing on the uh, the emails that Jewett sends to me. He sends you emails too. I get one from. I get from him. I get one from him every like morning. Yeah, me too. What? Fuck! He's cheating on me. <laughs> He's cheating. <laughs> He's cheating on me. Like, what is he? <laughs> does he talk about closers with you too? Yeah, he does every morning. It's amazing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna message him about this. <laughs> I, I haven't read in a little bit. I, I don't know if he said anything about. Uh, you haven't even read it. You don't. You don't deserve him. Cole salsa. Salsa. <laughs> my favorite. My favorite relief pitcher like nickname was Johnny Lasagna for John Pinoisica. Oh yeah. That was the absolute best. And like, I know it's offensive to mispronounce names, but like Johnny Lasagna, I don't know why it rolls off the tongue like that. I, I that, that was the most amazing just play on words I've seen for no reason. Actually, that reminds me of another yeah. one. Um, Big Which, Pasta. Do you know who Big Pasta was? Uh, Alfredo no, Simon. Remember Alfredo? Oh, Cain? that's yeah. a good one. Because yeah. Alfredo? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Alfredo. Was, that's a good one. Big, so they called him Big Pasta. Like, that's his nickname, I believe. Or pasta. That was funny. That... Pasta, pasta. I don't know. I'm mispronouncing <laughs> that. I hope, every, I, hope, I, hope, I hope mispronouncing pasta is not, a, not offensive. Yeah, I mean, Alfredo is pasta, but regardless, the, like sometimes, you know, as long as you don't overdo it, it's a, it's a fun little, it, it's a bit, it's a good bit sometimes. I like yeah. these. Every once in a while, I think about that uh, Doug Fister, Charlie Furbush trade. Oh, God. <laughs> Puts a little smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, one thing I didn't like, it just like, because I saw it so open, it's like Buster Posey. It's like Buster Posey is such an easy name to play on that I got kind of sick of seeing uh, Buster and the Posey or this or that. And I'm just like, okay. It's yeah. Or there's, I like there, seeing, there's, there's a team name with um, an outfielder on the White Sox and a relief pitcher, I believe, on the Marlins. Which one? Is he in the Marlins? Let me just look. No, he's not. He's somewhere else. Um, Brad Boxberger. Oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> Boxberger's in Milwaukee. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton and Brad oh. Boxberger. <laughs> that's, that's an easy connection. Yeah. <laughs> I saw oh. Adam Eaton her posy or something. Adam Eaton. Something oh, posy. my. That was. This is disgusting. Okay. This, like, I'm sorry. I'm joking. I'm saying way worse things. We're Parental worse. advisory label on your podcast. But I, I'm just, I, my point is, uh, my point is, some of these are too easy. I love seeing these innuendos and what I mean, these aren't even innuendos. These are just like kind of in your face, essentially. But, you know, good, good fantasy baseball team names are undervalued. Like, we need more of them. I don't like seeing like Frank's team or yeah. Zach's. Zach's awesome fighters or whatever the fuck Yahoo puts on your team name. Like, yeah. give me something original. Like, mine is kind of lame right now. It's like R.I.P. Corey Seager or whatever. But like, you know, usually I like to put a little, uh, put a little salsa on my, uh, on my team names. <laughs> add a little flair. Actually, here's a name so. that we can butcher. Um, use Mirio Petit. That one. I think I probably said. I think I probably pronounced it correctly. Use Mirio Petit. Yeah, I think Petit's pretty correct there. Yeah. But, oh uh, man, yeah, look no, at this one. Will Smith. Will Smith. No. <laughs> I can't forget when they matched up and uh, Will Smith jacked yeah. one off of Will Smith. <laughs> fresh Prince, the Fresh Prince ballot battle. Yeah. <laughs> fresh, fresh Prince squared. That was a good one, man. Oh god. Honestly, we're at that point of the baseball season where I'm honest. I, I, I'm. It's like the grind. We're in the grind of things, and it's. Uh, I mean, you you just drafted, so I guess there's a little more juice on your end. But you know, at, Frank, you didn't do any midseason drafts, right? No, I didn't do it. I've been I'm in enough leagues, and I've been hammering DFS uh, for baseball. Yeah. I love so all I the props you're. I love all the props you're doing. I I I I I, I generally like. I think um, I generally agree with you. Except the, I, I shot back at the Bundy one, but that was the only oh, one yeah. I disagreed with. I think all the yeah. Other ones I was doing yeah, good. Was I was on a nice run, and then. And then I got cold and I just took a break again because in April I was just getting slaughtered with MLB bets, like disgusting. So then uh, I took a break and then I did some K props and I was doing good and just talking a bunch of shit on Twitter about it after I, after I <laughs> so went like on a, talking shit. Yeah. And then now I'm cold again. So it's a break, but I'm a little bit rattled because uh, I got this DFS lineup. It's fourth out of, 1400 and if i put in my one of my other leagues it would be in second and winning 500 bucks but instead it's fourth and it's winning like 150 oh Brutal. it always tends to work out that way i did it so this is a good uh little tidbit because it shows like how the line movement could help you so i had no interest in the nationals braves game but then i see like the total opened at eight and then it moved all the way to nine. You don't really see a total move, a full run. I don't know why it did, but I'm like, okay, let me just stack the shit out of this game. So I put Freeman, Albies, Riley, Turner, Acuna, Soto, and Robles. And like Soto and Acuna just went insane tonight. 
And then I had Haas, the catcher on the Tigers, just because he's cheap. He hits two home runs. And then I went cheap at pitching with Marquez and Garcia. They both did well. Just Andrew Heaney was bringing everyone up and moving my team down. Hopefully I can squeak out top five. We'll see. But it's fun. It's hard, though, MLB DFS. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't it's usually so play DFS. I'd like to, I'm, I might get back into it, but I'm just in so many other leagues, it's tough to get into more stuff. Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike Yastrzemski's injured now. What the fuck? Why? What happened? He, he looks like he ran into the fence. Jesus, that's always we can't even get point. through a podcast without another without another major injury yeah honestly it's i you're you're gonna like end up with a lot of guys who won leagues out of like i don't say luck but it's like again it's those couple healthy. guys those couple guys who stayed healthy who were just like major producers so it's not even like you know you could have consistent teams with good guys it's just like you know, unless you have those guys propping you up, like pumping up your numbers and saves or steals or whatever it may be, you're kind of shit out of luck because you're going to lose so much all around production with depth and whatnot eviscerated essentially. So yeah, it sucks, but it feels like last year was like this. And this year, I mean, last year was, you were just losing guys because of COVID and even guys who are starting sucked because they were recovering from it. So I hate to blame anything on luck. There's a bunch of strategy that goes into a lot of guys who win, but there's definitely you know, some guys a who, big element of luck in this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially recently, I'm saying, just because yeah, you can't. What's up? Oh, yeah, no. He's got a sprained thumb. Oh, hmm. hopefully it's not, like, torn. That's all that matters, I guess. But, yeah, no, it's, it's just hopefully we get past this by next year and things are kind of in a more of a normal vacuum that we're playing in, whereas we're still dealing with the repercussions of COVID protocols and teams just, like, coming off of shorter off-seasons and, you, you, yeah, you, just, you think that's why the injuries are piling up because just they're not prepared as much as, uh, as well as they should be. I mean, they had like spring training, but even so it's just, they're not, they're probably not as well conditioned throughout the off season with like workouts and gyms. And like, they were probably doing individual activities and not doing team workouts. And, you know, I'm not like that well, like I'm not like on the end with all of that, but that's just gotta be my assumption with how everything's been with protocols and whatnot. So if you, if you'd asked me before the season started, I would have uh, bet so much money that pitching injuries would be higher than hitting injuries Yeah, because of that. And it's been the opposite. I mean, yeah, there are still I mean, pitching injuries. There haven't been like Tommy John, but there's been just any, everything else for some reason. Like what about bleaks this year? Yeah. 2021, an oblique outlook. I like that. I like that. That's clever. Thanks. <laughs> That's good. That is Points. good. That is Points. good. You can use that for a title of an article. About I mean, unless Frank gets it first. It's like we're going to race to her. No. Oh, you don't want to plagiarize anything. Oh, yeah. Be careful about that. Don't want teacher, don't want teacher catching me. Yeah. <laughs> this is, um, it's, a peer, it's a peer-reviewed um, industry. You know that? <laughs> there's, there's real plagiarism here. Like, um, I've seen, like, articles... Um, called the same article like eight times and oh like waiver wire week eight we yeah, all have like, <laughs> I don't know. patrick corbin yeah. sucks oh wait i also um, wrote an article called patrick corbin sucks <laughs> well you technically had an entire twitter thread against me telling you that and you were right so it was on that yeah i, I thought was, he was, was gonna bounce back. I was busting everyone's balls and really um there wasn't any like high-tech analysis or anything that i did with those so smart about patrick corbin i just don't like him. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I definitely don't think COVID in the off season helped, but still, I mean, it wasn't even off season. That was the start of the season, but yeah, he seems broken. They kind of fixed something with his sliders being thrown more, but yeah, I, I don't think it's happening anytime soon, but yeah. What are you going to do? He was a late pick. It's not like he took him top 100 again. So it's not killer. no, you wouldn't have taken him in the top 100. No, top he was like 170. Maybe. He was like 150, 170 in yeah. that range. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Doesn't it's not that. Like, it's I've not had like, worse. It's not like, uh, it wasn't like uh, taking Plezak in the fourth round. Oh, no. Or, or third. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah where are you guys know. at on Gavin Lux? I think he's going to look good. Starting Gavin to get Lux it going. Smashing dongs last night. Is he going to get to play the rest yeah. of the season? He is I'd playing, say, though. I'd say yeah. he's good to stay in every day from here on out. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. he's play, He's got shortstop eligibility already, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all right. So, any parting words, you guys? Yeah. I mean, thanks for having us on, man. Like, appreciate yeah, you awesome. hitting me up. Like, I didn't really expect to be on until this morning, where you're like, "Hey, get some, f- get five bold predictions up for me." I was like, "Okay, I, I got yeah, enough better." Well, I appreciate do. you guys coming on, and um, I expect, I, I, I expected this was pretty tame. I thought we were like, I thought with the four of us, we could get a little bit rowdy and maybe get into some arguments, but we were. We, I think well, we held back. We got to do this again soon. Maybe we'll make this a yeah. a, um, a regular roundtable. I like it. It was fun. Yeah, you're right. We were a little bit uh, polite to each other today, yeah. but it's I expected okay. Some, I expected more ripping on each other, but maybe next time. You might be the video. We see it. each other, so we don't want to like you know remind each other's faces. Like you know, you see me out in the streets right, of Toronto right. one day, beat my ass up. So yeah, I don't want that Toronto, happening. You gonna come in Toronto one of these days? I caught you apparently. I have so many. Bu- I have so many buddies that are uh, yeah, up there, up north. You'll like so. it. You'll like it. We'll go to a game. We'll get. Uh, we'll get some. Uh, as soon as as soon as uh, baseball uh, fans are allowed back in Toronto in twenty twenty three, honestly, I'm kind of cool. I'm cool with Dunedin right now, considering what Vlad's doing. So you know, oh, now they're I'm, already back in Buffalo. Oh, they're back. I didn't but it's okay because he jacked again tonight. He doesn't care. No, nothing gonna hold Vladdy. He's just ridiculous. But he, no, yeah. His first two at bats, he first pitch double, and then the second at bat, first pitch dawn. Two yeah. pitches, two fucking rockets. Oh my god, he's so yeah, good. Yeah, he's so good. A king. I love him. All right, boys. Well, yeah, no. let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks again, um, Frank Amarante and Kev. surgeon. Close enough. It's Mas- It's Mas- 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 John, Mas- but I'm not going to force it. Okay. Oh yeah, that fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I listened. To, uh, this is going way too long. I listened to a uh, Gobier the other day. Yeah. <laughs> saying your name. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Govier is the Govier is the man. I did. He could have butchered my name a hundred times. I would have oh, minded. I love Govier, but yeah, he's so, so funny, man. <laughs> he's he's hilarious. Like, he's probably the most loved person on the internet. Yeah, he's so yeah. funny when he makes those little music videos. <laughs> he's like cooking something, frying something. Yeah. I his... think final my final words at least go follow MJ Govier on Twitter. Yes, he's the best. Right, my... I'm gonna say follow um, Derek Rhodes on Twitter. DR uh, three, I think, because I have a bet that I've already lost that I owe him a buy-in. Oh God! <laughs> I, I bet him that he'd have three thousand followers by the season, and he still was not there. I don't know why he should be. He should be more followed than anyone that I know. Should have millions of followers. And like I, I was thinking about him this entire time when we we're talking about the injuries and and handmade bones. We should have just looked up his on his website. Just a guy, fantasy sports. Jag, I don't know. I, I'm butchering it, but Derek Rhodes, follow him. I, I don't have I don't have his information in front of me, but I know in general what it 
is. All right, I just okay. did it. Yeah. I guess we're giving all recommendations, so I'll give one more. Uh, another Roto Baller writer, Eric Samilski, is doing great stuff with those short clips of videos breaking down players. They're awesome. It's at Samski, S A M S K I N Y C. He's killing it. He's one of many, but that's just one recommendation. Definitely. Well, yeah. All right. Graham? You want me to plug somebody? Uh, you don't have to. This is not what we're about. We're not about. Yeah, not about this, but I don't know why I'll, we're doing this. I'll plug yeah. somebody just just because I, I thought of you the other day, Zach. But uh, you should follow the real Lisa Ann. <laughs> oh, great fantasy Lisa, advice. She's doing fantasy advice now and sports betting. All right, done. Love really. Her. She's doing sports betting. That's right up your alley, DFS. Yeah, followed. Man, it's straight up on her profile. It's yeah, fantasy sports and sports betting. Because you you met her or something, didn't you, Zach? We you met her. I didn't meet her. We're... We just we were talking on Twitter. Oh, okay. I'm, That's it. I'm misconstrued. Yeah, no, I've never met. I've never met her. I, I apologize. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know her, her deal until Mike DeMelf filled me in. But if, here's a here's a question: if you, if you if you knew who Lisa Ann was. And she's she's talking about DFS, but you didn't know what DFS was. What would you think DFS stood for? <laughs> it's a tough oh my answer. god, that's a good. What would the acronym be? Dick yeah. for something? Is it have Sale. to be? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, there you go. Daily that's fuck it. session. Yeah. Daily fuck session. Um, something like that. I prefer dick for sale. That just comes. That rolls off the tongue. It does. Oh, I just thought of something terrible that I can't even say. <laughs> it's your pod. You can say whatever. If you're no, going to go through questions on me, but I'm not saying it. I'm <laughs> not saying Like, that's fucked up. No, throwback to earlier when you, uh, I bit my tongue off. I should have said something, but when you were like, do you remember what was wrong with, uh, what was his name? Fucking the Marlins pitcher, Jose. Oh, Jose Fernandez. Jose Fernandez. Yeah, he you were like, cracking yeah. up. You don't, I don't know why you were laughing at me. I'm yeah, like, yeah, it's because all, all I wanted to say was you were like, do, do you remember the problem he has? I wanted to be like a cocaine problem. But <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not well, yeah, no. He did all that cocaine and crashed a boat. Yeah, no, it's not. No. Sadness. Yeah. R.I.P. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Luis Castillo? I always get, no, I always no. get them mixed up now. I mean, He'll be back. Maybe, maybe cocaine would help Luis Castillo. Maybe we need to like instead of like the sticky this, stuff. Now we're getting, now we're getting off the rails here. <laughs> well, or we're no getting on the rails. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. You know what? I didn't even, I didn't even mean to say that. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, like anything, whatever works at this point, I'll take it. My teams so will take see, it. Are we done plugging people? I think so. Mm-hmm. Don't, I, I, are we done with the puns? I can, I can plug my boy Lucas Beery. Oh, Lucas is the man. Yeah, man, definitely. Lucas, Lucas is one of my best friends in this world of fantasy baseball. Uh, L-U-C-A-S-B-I-E-R-Y 33 on Twitter. Yeah, he's the man. All right, I got yeah. one. All right, added. All right, here's another one. P-A-T-R-I-C-K-C-O-R-B-I-N 46. Patrick Corbin 46 <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Go tell him he sucks. Do not tell him he sucks. Don't harass players online. I'm joking. No. Uh, harass players to me that I like and don't at them. He's got 30.6 thousand followers. Derek Rowan should have more followers than Patrick Corbin. And I say that sincerely. 30.6 thousand sounds like his ERA right now. 
<laughs> his Twitter's pretty wholesome. It's like pictures of him and his wife and his baby, and then it's one of him golfing with Donald Trump. Dude, <laughs> holy looking fuck. At? Patrick Corbin's Twitter. There's there's Ma- the MAGA first, Corbin. Yeah, the first. Oh, he's he's, a, he's a MAGA. I honestly, I like being from Canada. I don't really have the same care as everyone else about like sides, but. I don't know about that. Oh, I'm I'm going through. He's super MAGA. Oh my god! I didn't I didn't know. I've never been on this profile before. I just searched oh, him because he pitched for fucking Arizona. That explains it. It's probably hopefully. I mean, most MLB players are not most, but most white. Oh, he's MLB got all these. He's got all these jokes. He's got he's got like Biden behind the umpire. You see oh, the god. one? <laughs> he retweeted. Oh wow, he's he's retweeting fucking Sean Hannity and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is, Patrick Corbin's big MAGA. Oh my god! I how did I not avoid this guy? Not he, because yeah, of he's like he's like out of the closet MAGA too. Yeah, I don't yeah, avoid guys like, based on political beliefs, but at the same time, like that just what I mean. He was already a fringe guy to me, so that <laughs> might have pushed me off. But what are you gonna do? He retweeted the Ben Shapiro pin tweet. Facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, at least. Uh, so much, so it's funny that he retweeted it That's yeah funny. quote tweet that at him and say you're bad and you should feel bad yeah yeah the uh, the fact of the matter is you fucking suck <laughs> no it's stats don't care about your feelings patrick corbin yeah and just like post this fan graphs page <laughs> Jesus. All, right. all right i think they made i think i think that last five minutes made up for us being so tame the rest of the episode fuck patrick corbin yeah <laughs> i mean yeah i i i kind of hate patrick corbin now so this works for me you converted zach you fully converted me man oh that's what i'm here for we could convert one person per episode into um anti patrick corbin does the it, bit does, lives on does this podcast hate anyone else like that mm. oh like I, like we hate patrick corbin i feel like well like i mean this is new i didn't know oh, that like in terms of not like I have not, nothing personal against Patrick Corbin. I just didn't want to draft him because I thought he was going to suck at baseball this year. Right. Um, but another guy that I that I that have nothing personal against him actually actually think he like looks like a pretty cool guy to hang out with. Tommy Pham. He's another guy this podcast does not like. He's getting hot right now. He yeah, he's he's pl- he's playing a lot better. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he had a whole he had a whole six extra base hits in in May, which is a ton, right? Like as many as Nick Madrigal. <laughs> But yeah, he I mean, is but he's figuring it out. Yeah, he's got an he had uh, OPS over 800 in, in May. So yeah, he's definitely getting better than he was in April. Loosening up, scar tissues, yeah. scar tissues uh, shifting around. He's probably yeah, he's probably feeling the flow. Yeah, the walks uh, walks have been there, so it's like he just was he was making good contact. It was just get uh, they're becoming outs. Walks. He's always he's always been a good walker. I was out on him, and I'm still pretty out on him. But I think he'll be fine if you have him. That's pretty much my take on Tommy Pham. Yeah. Well, that's a good take. I think he was dropped and he was dropped in some main event leagues. Uh, picked up. Um, wouldn't I? Wouldn't I? Wouldn't go as far to drop him, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, it's been a pleasure. We, we'll um, we'll do this roundtable again at some point. Frank it was nice to meet you in person. I'm sure. We'll, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll meet. Uh, we'll I'm sure we'll meet him in person at, at some point. We were trying to get the the Ontario League together. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's hard to get. It's hard to get. The, it's hard to get enough people in the Ontario League to do it. Yeah, we got we got three right here. Sorry, Kev, you're not, you know, if you want citizenship, you can, we, we can, 
fucking who cares? We make we make the rules. We can. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in like the New England league because I wanted to join one. <laughs> yeah. I, <know. laughs> I mean, at least you're on that side of like the hemisphere, the like this hemisphere or whatever. Like I'm on the completely opposite end. So yeah. I'm yeah. To the Great Lakes League, Glarf, run by yeah. Um, the Govier's in and Dave McDonald and Jake, etc. Nice. Lucas Beery, right? Lucas. He's tearing, he's tearing that league up, isn't he? He is. Boys, and we'll uh, catch everyone later.